All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Come with freaking balls, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken this is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KCPN studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo, Eddie Ortiz. Yo-Yo-Yo. And Miss Gat on the ones and twos, as always. Episode 83 coming at you guys to our live streamers, YouTubers, and podcasters. Welcome to your home away from home. We really appreciate all your guys' time to be here with us and all of your efforts, quite frankly, for those that have uh, participated in the Monday Mailbag each and every week, which I cannot wait to hear what you guys have cooking up for us tonight. We got a full show, a full slate, ready to go, guys. NFL season is in full swing, full motion. We have NBA playoffs. We got too much to talk about at this point. But before we get to anything sports-related, I do want to take some time real quick and congratulate the lady that started all this, the, the, the network originator, as I like to call her, the Wizard of Oz around here, uh, for some some incredible news today. Now, I don't want to spoil it for her, so I'm not going to take her thunder. I'm going to give it right to her to start the show off the right way because I'm not going to be able to, to express it the way she can because this is something that only she can actually talk about. So, Gat, please take it away. Yeah, I don't have cancer. Uh, that's the great news. Um, I'm really excited about it. I think that it's been uh, two years of no treatments and having – just that lingering thought in the back of your head, you know, you never know uh, what's going on, of course, because my doctor likes to scare the shit out of me, um, was like, uh, there's lumps in your boobs. I'm like, oh, good. Just more things. I blamed it on the West Virginia tattoo that I got. I, I just knew that Morgantown, West Virginia and the coonskin cap tattoo that I have uh, clearly must have done the, the, some horrible juju on me. Uh, so I blamed it on that, of course, uh, and also astrology, I'm sure. But no, I think it's it's a great thing and it's a great feeling to start the weekend off and just kind of go into winter knowing that I don't have to worry about this stuff. In the middle of a pandemic, at least I do not have cancer. That is the one positive thing going on today. So I'm, I'm okay with it. Well, we're, we're, we're definitely okay with it, too. So I just <laughs> wanted to start the show off by letting everybody know that she's going nowhere. Gat's going nowhere. Our MVP's going nowhere. And we are so obviously happy. I told her before the show I wasn't worried. But I am absolutely relieved to hear that that's where we're at and that's where you're at. And we are so glad that you are of good health. That's some of the best news of 2020. And we need all the good news in <laughs> 2020. Uh, but here, here at KCPN, uh, our, 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 our network here, our umbrella network for the Spoken Podcast, uh, we look for the talented and driven and, of course, the talented driven. Uh, we have a solid stable of podcasters and content creators, and, and one of the shows that, that, are, that one of our newer shows, I guess you want to say, uh, "Bruises, Breakdowns, and Beards," uh, is a show uh, dedicated to professional wrestling for the most part. Uh, and I know I've mentioned more times than once on our show here that I haven't followed any form or, or level of wrestling for well over twelve years, uh, maybe even longer than that. But there was a time when I was obsessed. With wrestling. But there, I, I, when I was really young, when the WWF and WCW were in a full-fledged war with Goldberg, Kevin Nash, and Lex Luger at the WCW ranks in, it, in the Attitude Era uh, it, with Stone Cold, The Rock, and Triple H uh, in the WWF area, that was my childhood. 
those were my wrestling heroes. But arguably wrestling's biggest hero came in a time and generation right before mine, and that was Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was simply larger than life. Easily the most iconic wrestler in the world at the peak of his powers. There was no one that could stand in his way. There was nothing he could do, he couldn't do, and that was much more proven back in March 29th of 1987 at WrestleMania 3 when he body slammed 500 pound Andre the Giant in front of 93,000 fans in attendance and millions more watching from their TV sets. Hogan went on to wrestle on and off for 20 plus more years, entertaining the masses with electrifying moves and charisma. But do you know what my favorite thing about Hulk Hogan was? What I personally believe surpassed anything else about his legacy? His epic comebacks. If anyone who's watched a big Hulk Hogan match, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But just in case you're one of the few that missed it, just in case you're one of the few that don't have YouTube, Hulk would have these matches in which he'd be, well, getting his ass kicked all over the ring. Oftentimes bloodied and battered for most of the match, it would seem to be viewing audiences that simply wasn't Hogan's night. But maybe his competition just simply caught up to him. And then, just as all hope seemed to be lost, just when everyone was throwing in the towel, Hulkamania ran wild. And just like that, no matter what was thrown at Hulk Hogan from his opponent... He would shed it off and counter with a single point in the direction of his opponent, striking fear in the hearts and minds of those that stood in his way from walking out alive. And the rest is history. Hulk would then dominate his opponent, landing the famous big boot and patented leg drop. And then once again, all is well in the world. And I find it ironic that Hulk Hogan shares the same colors with the Chiefs but I also find it fitting seeing the Chiefs have the modern-day Hulk Hogan at quarterback leading their team on a week-in and week-out basis. Now, in most cases, the Chiefs control the tempo on their weekly matches, but games in situations like Week 2 against the Chargers take place, oftentimes in L.A. against the Chargers, where all hope seems lost and the towel is in midair. Until Hulk Hogan Mahomes decides that enough is enough, And now is the time for him to end this dance and show once again that when it comes to him and his opposition standing in his way of a victory, there's no other outcome and no other other way that him succeeding that can be accepted. And what Mahomes sought to be accomplished was accomplished. Look, I'll admit that this game pissed me off. There have been a number of games since 2018 in which I knew the Chiefs and even Mahomes could have played much better. Like, say, all three playoff games in 2019. But if we can take away anything from the last five games the Chiefs have played and have trailed from the get-go in, it's that as long as Mahomes is Mahomes, there is an epic comeback in the works. The Chargers and most referees were better than the than, than the, the, the and most references were better than the Chiefs last Sunday. In most cases, they were better than the Chiefs. Not even a question about it. But simply stated and put, that oftentimes does not mean does not matter when the best in the world is leading their opposition. And unfortunately for the Chargers and fourteen other victims on the Chiefs' schedule coming up, that's going to be what they'll have to accept when facing the Chiefs. 
Mahomes now owns the record for most consecutive comebacks from 10 points or more with six straight. That's insane. I really hope everyone can grasp just how rare, how unique, how special this type of achievement is. And just like Hulk Hogan after that match in 1987, Mahomes in 2020 and beyond has already slayed his giant and winning the ultimate prize and being the biggest reason why. So for other young, aspiring star quarterbacks, along with prime veterans of the last leg quarterbacks coming for Mahomes this year, my only question to you is, what you going to do, brother, when Mahomes mania runs wild on you? And I'd also like to touch on something, or rather destroy this ridiculously narr- ridiculous narrative that comes about maybe the last week, but definitely has reared its ugly head over the last week, about the Chiefs and the way they beat the Chargers and how that's asinine pushback on Mahomes receiving praise for such a victory. Yes, Harrison Big Boggs Butker deserves a heap of praise for going Steph Curry and the Chargers and hitting them 50-plus back-to-back-to-back-to-back field goals. But as I've stated to explain to several others throughout this week since Brass Boot Butker split them uprights, those kicks don't exist if Mahomes doesn't run wild on the Chargers' defense. If he doesn't convert a third and 20 with his legs, if he doesn't lead a game-tying and game-winning drive in the fourth and in overtime, Harrison Toby Bryant Budker doesn't get carried off the field and had it not been for Hulk Hogan Mahomes carrying the Chiefs on his back first and foremost. And here's why this pushback to praise Mahomes for this type of uh, win makes zero sense to me. Tom Brady is widely praised as the GOAT because of his six rings. Yet we overlook and ignore that his first three were won by game-winning field goals. The fourth Super Bowl was won by a game-ending interception. Unless Tom Brady started playing defense, I don't think he caught the ball. The fifth was won by a game-ending rushing touchdown. Yet again, Tom Brady's not a running back. And the sixth was won by a heaping score of 13-3 against the Rams when Tom Brady threw zero touchdowns and one interception. Yet that that does not stop the people that see Brady as the best to ever do it to give him praise as to why his team held the Lombardi six times. If it didn't have to be pretty for Brady, why does it have to be pretty and why does there have to be lipstick on it for Mahomes to get the same praise? Ugly games clearly happen for even the greatest to do it. So appreciate when a great game, when a great like Mahomes can rise above it and dig he and his team out of a hole that even at times he gets them in. Y'all, you guys already moved the goalposts on LeBron. Let's not make the same mistake with Mahomes. Appreciate the fact that even when his team pisses you off, you know that your team is literally in the best hands imaginable. And that, more times than not, will walk out as a victor, thanks to Mahomes. What you gonna do, brother? I'm gonna leave it right there, guys, because we need to recap this Chargers-Chiefs game. I, I feel like there is so much to talk about, even though, again, this game was ugly as hell. The Chiefs came out with a W, and I want to I want to get Trevor and Eddie's thoughts on this game because I know we watched it together, but now that we've had a week to really settle down and think about it, we have an opportunity to really, I think, get some good thoughts on this. I've heard a lot of opinions on this from people in the spoken group all over national uh, radio for the brief times they give the Chiefs. 
But I want to get their thoughts on this because we obviously have a big game coming up. But I don't want this to be a trap episode, guys. I want this to be an episode where we break down the game before and talk about the big game after. We're going to get to that in a second. So, guys, get prepared for some Chargers Chiefs talk. We'll get back to that after this. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number two. I am your host, Lance Twidwell. Here inside the KCP and studios, my guy is Trevor Twidwell. What's good? Mr. Yo 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 Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. And the one and only Miss Gat on the ones and twos. If you guys missed the opening segment, for the people that are not on the live stream or on YouTube, um, the Chargers and Chiefs game, let, let's make no mistake about it. It was a very frustrating game. Uh, Trevor and I, you know, we, we watch every game together. Eddie has been recently joining us in the festivities, if you will, this season. And it, 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 it was one of those games where you're left with this... Um, I mean, I was tired. I was exhausted. I mean, the game wore me out, no question about it. And there's a, there's a certain sense of relief that comes about it. But I feel like this is the type of game that can be an absolute blessing in disguise for the Chiefs for a multitude of reasons. Because for one, it's so early in a season that is so unprecedented with the way things have gone going into this season. And the Chiefs had a sleeper in Week 1 against the Texans. I don't think anybody was really worried that the Chiefs were going to drop that game. It was a methodical beatdown. They could have dropped 60 on that on that Texans team if they really wanted to. Yeah. So this was their first real test of the season. And I feel like, and I don't want to get ahead out of it, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this stuff before we talk about the Ravens game later in the show, but I felt like this was the perfect time for this type of game to occur, because as we've seen over the last couple of years, the Chargers really give the Chiefs some fits. In particular, they give Mahomes fits. All of his, uh, all of his career lows. Yeah, all of his career lows against per completion percentage, yards per game, touchdowns per game, intercept, touchdown to interception ratio. Yep. It's against the Chargers. They know how to play them. We can sit here and dissect why that is, and we can if you guys want to. But this is, again, I think, although it's ugly, and it's not sexy, and it's not a great feeling type of victory, this is the type of victory the Chiefs needed right before facing, obviously and clearly, their best opponent on paper. Yeah. Going into the season. So, I'm going to start with you, Eddie, real quick. What was your overall takeaway from this game? How did it make you feel? How did Going into week three against a, 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 an opponent, a worthy opponent like the Ravens, how did it make you feel going into this week three matchup on Monday night? I'm not going to lie. It, it made, me, uh, made me worry. Uh, worry about this uh, next week's matchup because you're, you're facing a, a much better, much, much, much better offense, much better defense. And you struggled to win against the Chargers, who I could have easily saw them beating them by 10 points. Uh, Chiefs, uh, they struggled from the get-go. They just could never. They just couldn't get that rhythm going. Other than that, uh, was it the 50-plus yard touchdown to to Tyreek Hill? There's really nothing great that came out of the game other than that play. Uh, so yeah, it made me it made me worried that the offensive line wasn't playing great. Uh, well, Samuele had the four flags, I believe, holding flags here and the here and there. Uh, it's just it it wasn't our game. It was so sloppy. It was it was bad. Patrick Mahomes was having a bad game. Uh, he kind of made it up in the fourth quarter, but he I I think overall he still had a so, a so. bad game. 
I, I just don't think he had a good game. We can't sit here and say, oh, but he put him in the in the position to win, like you said. Yeah, but he, he gave him a 53-yard field, but it's still not an easy thing to make. If the kicker would have missed, who would the blame go to? The kicker. And because he made it, why doesn't the same thing? No, no, Butker deserves praise. That's why I said Butker deserves praise for but making he's not the field getting, goal. But the field goal doesn't exist, though. Patrick doesn't get them in field goal position. But a 53-yard field goal, do you think that's field goal position? Yeah, absolutely. He made it. Well, I mean, yeah. If you, know, if you know what your but, kicker's capable of. Yes, yeah, that's, that's why one of the best that's, kickers in baseball. Yeah, that's why I, different I, I teams have that red line no, that I, shows I, up. I get it. But at the same time, it's like, you're not guaranteed a 50. Uh, uh, Just 30, like they're not guaranteed to score a touchdown. A 30 compared to a 50 is... Like it's a, it's a well, that starts to get into schematics because yeah. now you're talking about field position uh, as far as like, well, a 30 is easier than a 50. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. What you can still that's hit what both. So I can't sit here and say it's like, well, he got him in field goal position. Well, the yes, defense started with our defense first. Our defense got that San Diego Chargers yeah, or that like, Chargers offense off the field first. This is why I brought up the when it comes to the extremes of Tom Brady's th- literally half of his rings oh, were one yeah, off. We, of, can, we can question that all, all we want. Okay, my point though is that Tom Brady gets praised for six championships, right? Not three. He gets three. He gets three additional to his legacy because of him getting his team in field goal position. Correct. But he. But Tom Brady has zero moments of himself in an individualistic scenario of having great moments in Super Bowls. But he's got six championships. So to bring it down to a regular season game, Patrick Mahomes deserves praise for getting his team. All more so for having a bad game to get himself and his team out of a rut and to get them in a position. Not only just in the overtime. To getting them in a, in a game a winning scenario, but to get them in field goal range for the fourth quarter to save the game. That's when he did it twice. It wasn't just once in overtime where he clicked. He got them. Da- they were down three points with seconds to go in the fourth yeah. quarter and got them in that position to 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 get. And and then we forget also. And Trevor, I'm going to get your thoughts on this game as well. We forget the costly penalties. You mentioned assembly with the four the four flags. Allegretti, um, uh, uh, I think Ryder got a, f- a penalty as they were driving to get a touchdown in the fourth quarter that would have won the Chiefs the game, and Patrick Mahomes would have sealed it on his own. So we forget that he was pushed back, and they had to kick a field goal because of penalties that were not under Mahomes' control. No, I'm not questioning yeah. that. I'm questioning like, the, the whole, in general, like overall. Sure, sure. That, That's where I'm looking at it, overall. And, and obviously... The game wouldn't have been like one without that kick. So Absolutely, I feel, like, I feel like Butker deserves more praise than what Mahomes is getting right now, because I feel like Mahomes is getting more praise for that win than what Butker is getting. Well, you're always even, even, even though Butker was the reason they won. That's, it's like where, this. I'm coming, okay. that's where I'm coming it's from. It's like it's like this. I'll, I'll make the comparison real quick. It's like in baseball when you have a starting pitcher that goes seven eight innings. Right, he may not have had a great game, but he kept the scoring low. Right. And then you have Mariano Rivera come in and close the game. Mariano Rivera did his part and put it on ice, right? He closed the game. But had that pitcher given up 10 runs, Mariano Rivera doesn't go in the game because it doesn't matter at that point because you're getting blown out. So my point is they both had their reasons for why the team won. Patrick Mahomes had to lead them into that for that team to be possible. It's like when Ray Allen hit the three-pointer for LeBron James and the Heat to go into Game 7 against the Spurs. Ray Allen's shot was huge. But the shot doesn't matter if LeBron James doesn't score 18 straight points to get them back in the game. People forget about the context. So, Trevor, let's get your thoughts on this game overall. I just want to throw in there. It, it, is, it must be nice being a Chiefs fan right now because we get to argue who, who gets credit for the wins because <laughs> we're point, expected to win point. every week. So now we get to sit here and argue who deserves more credit for the win. Uh, we won. It's a team sport. There's a lot of things that go into every single moment leading up to every single moment. So I'm just glad we got the W. 
regardless of who gets the game ball or who gets the most credit. I think I think that's shared every week. The game ball is just kind of a cool little week by week trophy you get to you know tell your mom about. That's about all that really matters too. Um, we got the W. It was an ugly game. It was reminiscent of uh, last year's Detroit game. Um, Detroit yeah. wasn't expected to be a very good team. I don't think that. I mean, I, I think the Chargers are expected to be a better team than the G- last year's Detroit team was. But that was a good Detroit's team at that time. I think which week? Which week was that last? That year? That was week three as well. I think. Yeah. So it was reminiscent of that last week year. Week three, week four. We started remember. slow. We were slow the whole whole time. We were playing down to their level. They weren't you know a talented. I mean, they had Kenny Galladay and, and they had the good receivers over there. So we were. It was a competitive game. Very slow. Very stressful game. Literally came down to the last minute, just like this one did. Um, so. It was stressful. It was it was a tight game. I, I felt similar to what I felt last week, even though this was closer and this is a divisional game. So these both these teams know each other very well, and the Chargers have shown they know how to play Patrick Mahomes better than pretty much anybody. Um, as far as cap, you know, keeping him under wraps and not letting him beat you over the top, um, not let you uh, you know go on the scoring outbursts that we've seen him do on pretty much everybody else. Um, so kudos to them. Kudos to that that that, that talented defense. That's not discredit that talented defense over there regardless if they're without Derwin James or not that's a very well ran defense a very structured defense uh one of the best defensive fronts in the league uh Joey Bosa was playing out of his mind um and Melvin Ingram obviously is one of the most consistent guys he's age he's a veteran he's been there done that um so kudos to them they kept Pat under pressure the entire game um and it showed Pat wasn't able to do what he wants to do my biggest takeaway negatively though was our linebackers once again our linebackers looked horrible we have no speed. We can't cover. We can't get pressure. We can't stop the run up the middle. I mean, I mean, last week it was you know David Johnson, or the week before it was David Johnson running all over us. The corpse of David Johnson, um, and then you know obviously the Chargers have a good running back core with Kelly and I would and, dare say great because that kid no no, no. Was it's really one of the best. And I think Kelly's an up and coming step. Absolutely. That he had kid twenty one rushes, wasn't it? Some yeah. crazy. Yeah, he like outrushed. That? He outrushed um, um, Eckler, yeah. but Eckler is so deadly in the passing game, which I'm I'm glad they kind of took their foot off the pedal in the passing game because usually he gets he'll rack it up in the, in the receiving mm-hmm. end. But uh, nevertheless, we, we overcame it. Our, we've, we've been overcoming uh, our lackluster line, our linebacker play. So hopefully we can get Gay in there. He can get, you know, in the system and get him going because we need his athleticism out there alone, especially in coverage. We're getting beat up the middle by tight ends and, run, and running backs in the, in the slot there, and that's rough. Some some notables real quick because I I I, lo- I love that you guys are bringing up some real shit about this about this game because yeah. Eddie you're 100 percent right it really shouldn't have come down to that Trevor you're right about the linebackers that is a real problem especially as the season progresses I I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up some positives about the negatives if this makes sense though yeah because of the fact that I, I'm gonna say this I don't know what Justin Herbert's gonna be as a quarterback. But I was impressed by Justin Herbert, especially with the fact that Without right before doubt. kickoff, he, he found out he's about to be the quarterback. Yeah. And and by the way, if Terod Taylor doesn't own the Chargers by the end of this lawsuit, his lawyer needs to do time. Because this is the most like slam dunk, you're going to make yeah. millions and millions off I mean, of this. That's a life, life-threatening injury. Yeah, I mean, and, and he's going to miss starts, he and he's going to miss games of his career because of their incompetence. Yeah. Regardless, and they tried to cover it up, by the way, which is hilarious, and that's the most Charger thing ever. <laughs> um I'm going to give Justin Herbert a lot of credit here. And I'm going to give the Chiefs some credit here on the defensive side as well for multiple reasons. For one, literally no one has any film on Justin Herbert going into that game. Mm -hmm. No one. They game plan for Terod Taylor the entire week, which you have eight, nine years of film on, right? So they were thrown off. I really do believe right now Terod Taylor is probably the better quarterback between him and Herbert. But 
If the Chiefs had Terod Taylor to go against, I don't think that game's as close. I think the Chiefs win by 10 points because of the fact they knew what they were going to be going up against. And furthermore, I think Justin Herbert's a better playmaker. So with the mobility of Justin Herbert, the unexpected facade that happened on the sidelines with the Chargers, I think the Chiefs were a little thrown off. Second of all, the Chiefs had four starting defensive players out for this game. Not to mention Frank Clark gets sick in the middle of the game. Mm Mm-hmm. With that considered, yeah. the Chiefs only gave up six second-half points. They did not allow the Chargers in the end zone the remainder of the game. That is some serious credit you got to give this defense. Well, okay? I will say it, too, on the, on the Frank Clark thing. What happened with Frank Clark is absolutely unacceptable. The dude was dehydrated. I'm sorry. If you're a professional athlete and your job is your body, your body is your job, you got to come in ready and you got to be hydrated for an NFL game here, man. Yeah. Like you are our, one of the key cogs this entire team and how this defense works. You know, you're the guy that sets the edge and the precedent of our defense on the front there. Uh, we, him doing that and pulling, I mean, I'm, I, I'm sure it was a slip of the brain. He didn't hydrate it good enough. But, dude, you're a guy that's out there every snap of every defensive play pretty much. You got it. You're one of our motors out there. It was unacceptable and for to him to point. be dehydrated to where he's sick and can't go back in the and, game. And to your it's point, bullshit. that dehydration could have cost the Chiefs the game. Well, yeah. For sure. You know? Well, I mean, at the same time, we got to think about, like, what he deals with and with the stomach. We can't, we can't. Yeah, but he, can't you know, he knows that more than no, anyone. I, I get it, but at the same, like, even doctors have, like, apparently, like, last season we were finding out about his illness and everything. Like, doctors don't even know what it is. You know what I mean? Like, they're mm-hmm. still trying to figure it out. So, yeah. I mean, I mean. Supposedly it was just, it was, he was lacking fluids. Well, extremely dehydrated. And, and then on the offensive side, the Chiefs had a, a plethora of issues, too. Not only does Sammy Watkins, there's a dirty hit on him that doesn't get called. He's yeah. concussed. He probably won't play on Monday night. He could be cleared right before the game. He could be. I'm not, I'm not expecting day. at this point. Yeah. yeah. But but you not you lose a starting wide receiver also. Okay, That's, that yeah. does hurt. It's huge. Then you have... You guys know how much I love Mitchell Schwartz. And Eric it's Fisher... worst game of his career, I, possibly. Eric Fisher's... Eh, he's, he's okay with me. I think they can get better at left tackle in the next year or two. They both got bullied by Ingram and, oh, and Bosa. Yeah. They got not, not, they didn't have bad games. They got bullied. Bosa was destroying Schwartz. Mitchell Schwartz gave up seven pressures. Yeah. He didn't give up seven pressures half of last season. <laughs> like Mitchell Schwartz had a horrible season last week. Like that's how like, Mitchell Schwartz is so good that as bad as he played, that that's extremely noteworthy. So the, the positives on the negatives is. I don't see that happening again. So the Chiefs got bullied on the offensive and defensive side, right? Mm. Still pulled out a victory without guys that are going to have back next week and Frank Clark, Shavarius Ward. Mike Pinnell will be back. We didn't even mention that's, the fact they didn't have Mike huge, Pinnell. especially for this matchup. Right. There's going to be a lot of things that the Chiefs are going to have this next time around. We're going to talk about the Ravens game, obviously, but there's also the focus factor. Let's be honest for a second. You see a rookie quarterback coming out there, you think you're about to see some food. Next week, they know who they're going against. It's Lamar Jackson, the MVP. There's a different level of focus here. Yeah. And again, you're tested like this. There's a different magnitude to it. The primetime game. It's Monday night. Everybody's going to be watching you. So this Chargers team, I'm going to give them a ton of credit because they deserve it. That's a good, they, ro- that's they a good could, roster. They could have absolutely won yeah. this game. Absolutely won this For game. For sure. And in that Sunday, as I said in my opening monologue, they were the better team on Sunday. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is the best player on the field. That's the point. And, 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 and Butker is ice. The dude is ice. Yeah, yeah. He is Justin Tucker is the only the only kicker I'll even entertain. It's better than him. Well, in, if we're gonna talk about con- if we're gonna co- talk about context before we even got the ball, before OT even started, 
we could be talking about a different outcome here if, if Herbert doesn't throw that dumbass pick when he could have ran for the first yeah, down. 100% correct. They could have very well won that game if he was, you know, if he was a little, the, a little more time. Yeah, in this league. He, he could have ran for that first down. He chucked the ball across his body. In. You know what I mean? So, But, I mean, I, to from my outlook on the offense, what was I well, – I mean, you guys, we all watched this together. The whole time I was, I was infuriated because – but now that I have time to think about it, I kind of realize why, but – during the entire game, I was screaming at the offense, screaming at Andy Reid about we had no pre-snap movement, no end rounds. I think we had one. Well, I think we had one end round to, to McCole Hardman. I think he got like seven yards. Well, which, Tyreek Hill did get that nice little specialty play. Got, got like twenty back. yards and got called back. Right, yeah. right. But but I mean, even but to your point, we yes. had no pre-snap motions, which is what we're kind of known for. A lot of trickery at the line of scrimmage because we're reason reason guys that. with our speed, right? And that's why I was getting frustrated because. I was frustrated mostly because we were down the majority of the game, and I wanted us to kind of, you know, bring out some of our plays. No rollout plays for Pat, you know. And once we, once he finally the play broke down and he rolled out, what happened? Sixty plus yard touchdown to Tyreek, you know. What I mean, so we know Pat's strengths and his abilities to extend plays and the intangibles that come with his skill set, which was I was, which is why I was infuriated because we were playing so vanilla, just like we played so vanilla against the Texans. And since the Texans' defense is so shitty, we looked good enough to to win that game handily. But against this defense, we. It was obviously a tougher matchup playing vanilla offense, which obviously you're getting at. It shows that Andy Reid is keeping a lot of things up his sleeve, similar to what he did last year and the years prior, and even the Alex Smith days, saving up plays against the teams like the Patriots. Usually it was against the Patriots. We would always unveil some new kind of you know shuffle pass up the gut to Kelsey, you know, like we did a couple years back. And the Patriots, you know, then everyone started copying that play. So Andy Reid, I, I – after I've had time to sit back and think about it, obviously I think that's what's going on. I think he's withholding a lot of players to unveil against the the biggest game of the regular season against the Ravens um, because I, I think he knows we're going to have to which, boat race them. Which I'm okay with in the context that they won. Yeah, Because if saying. the Chiefs would have lost, mm. all the more reasons That's why, why I was so mad. I wanted, yeah. Losses this season are not acceptable. The yeah. Chiefs need to go out there with the mentality the division, to win all 16 games. Yeah. Because of the fact that, yes, you have the one by week mm-hmm. in the playoffs. There are no no more, well, if we go 13-3 and three and the Ravens go 14-2, we're still good. No. Yeah. You have to go out there and try to get that one seed more than ever. So losses like that, or potentially like that, I should say, are unacceptable. And so I like that Andy Reid's confident that his team can win at a vanilla pace. They've done it back-to-back weeks. You better show me something in week three against the Ravens. You better show me, like yeah. Trevor talked about, the motions, the not gimmicks, but the, the gimmicks. No, the trickery. You, will, you know, we the trickery. Yeah, got to utilize our speed. We didn't utilize our speed. We hell, we barely utilized Clyde. Clyde did not get much had work. Ten rushes. This is what I'm saying, yeah. and, and that's and that's also respect to that defensive front and the yeah. fact that we were down a lot yeah. the majority but, but of that I game. Think it, that that was kind of like a coaching thing because Patrick Mahomes was getting blown, yeah. and I think that's why they had to bring in. Uh, yeah, the pressure was unreal. They were and, I, and I will criticize Patrick on one thing. There is something that, uh, that Jeff Schwartz... He didn't have a good game at all. Yeah, Jeff Schwartz actually pointed it out, and it's a really good point. Mm. Uh, and you guys know me. I don't try to criticize Patrick too much because I don't feel like it's very valid most times. But this is valid. Something that Patrick was doing that was not helping his offense at all was when he was dropping back on those five-step drops, mm. he was he tailing. Was, yeah. He was dropping back on steals. Yep. He was looking like Cam Newton back with the Panthers. You can't do that because you're going to start sailing passes. Yep, yep. You're going to give those outside pass rushers like Bosa and Ingram even more opportunities to get the edge and yep. then beat their guy. And it makes Schwartz and Fisher's job that much harder. And it, quite frankly, makes them worse than what they really were. He wasn't moving up in the pocket. Yes, he either. wasn't climbing the pocket. And right. to be honest with you, there was not a lot of upfront pressure consistently right. as the outside pressure. Okay, okay. So yeah. he, 
Now, we saw Patrick Mahomes, once he gets outside, how deadly he is that dime pass to Tyreek Hill, which I can't believe isn't getting enough publicity. Yeah. Nobody was talking on the national circuit. That was the best pass of the week, and that includes Russell Wilson's throws. Yeah. That was a that was a clutch pass. It was unbelievable. But 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 Patrick can't rely on those plays against divisional foes that know your weaknesses and, quite frankly, mm-hmm. can out your weaknesses. The Raiders and the Broncos, they know Patrick's weaknesses. They know this offense's weaknesses. They don't have the horses to out them. Mm-hmm. The Chargers do. So you can't afford to make it harder on your offensive line knowing you're going against an elite pass rush. Yeah. That's the one thing I'm going to put against Patrick on this week is I think he needs to get better at that, and that's where his growing pains are because we still forget this dude is learning this game still. I mean, Jesus, for the love of God, he just learned defenses last yeah, season. Yeah. He just learned what cover twos were and, and these different dime packages and things like that. So these are the things he's going to have to really work on. I think he's going to because, again, I don't think the Ravens have the same type of pass rush. In fact, I know they don't. They don't. But you can't afford against teams like that to have costly turnovers or sale passes. You're going to have to be able to be as efficient as possible in the pocket as you are as outside the pocket. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna like, and we'll get to that. Obviously, we're gonna have to score more efficiently and and more points, just point blank period, to keep up with that team. But um, and I also wanted to, my positive. I know I talked about my my defensive outlook, and um, our linebackers definitely need work, and that was my negative outlook on the on the game overall. Just our our, our linebackers just looking below average <laughs> at best. But Travis Kelsey, man, got over the hump, had his best game yet against the Chargers. Because um, he usually struggles against them, they usually have really solid safety play, and they, they they cap him usually really well every time we play them. He had a really good game. This is two straight weeks. Kelsey's looked like the best tight end in the league once again. He's pace on pace for another thousand yard season. Um, just kudos to my guy Travis Kelsey. Two hundred forty receptions. He looks great. He's, on, he's on pace for two hundred forty receptions and blow away your boy uh, Mike Thomas's record. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he might, man. <laughs> Shit, go for it. Go for the record. Yeah, um, but I will. I will finish the segment off by saying that, and to Eddie's point, which is a hundred percent true, our guy Butker deserves so much credit, man. Because yeah. we we sit here and we act like, well, of course he needs to hit those field goals. We don't realize how hard that is to do, especially how many times he did it. <laughs> I mean, if you watch the first one, he he sneaks it into the left. The second one, it's just a little bit more to the right, and yeah. then the third one is just. I mean, it could not have been more perfect. I will throw. I will throw an extra nugget in there, though. It definitely worked to his benefit that there was no fans. Oh, of course. Because of this, you're in an oh. opposing. You're in an opposing stadium. They went from zero. They went from twenty nine to zero. <laughs> well, I know. I, I know. Mean, the Chargers but, don't exactly. But dude, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's an energy that works against oh, you when, when the the crowd's roaring on top. And it's of a you. dome. And it's this a dome. Let's saying. be real. Right. And, and you know, if they had if they allowed fans there. Everyone would be flooding to go to that new stadium and, and watch that team, regardless Absolutely. if they believed them or not. Absolutely. So there would have been a lot of opposing boos and yelling, and there's opposition. So I don't. That could have swayed, you know, because that can make you nervous. And yeah, no, I wish that would happened. So that house would have been just as silent as it was when yeah. we had no fans. Yeah. You know? Oh, it would have made it sweeter for sure. <laughs> but the fact they made three fifty plus fifty eight two fifty eight yarders was just absolutely. Ridiculous. Yeah. So I mean, he might be he might be taking over as the best kick in the league. Oh, that's what well, I said. Yeah. Outside of Justin Tucker, I'm not listening to anybody. I think Harrison Bucker. Outside of Justin Tucker, I don't is by far Justin the best Tucker kicker does in football. Yeah. I mean, I what know, I'm saying, Justin Bucker. Well, okay, fair enough. I'm not going to fight you on that. But my point is the reason I still give Justin Tucker a slight advantage. He has the highest field goal percentage in NFL history. Well, yeah. he's, been, so, he's been in the game longer. Yeah, than sure, absolutely. But that actually makes it harder for him because he has more field goal attempts. So for him to have the highest with more field goal attempts is, is yeah, Let's have praise. a heated kicker debate. That's regardless, regardless, <laughs> hey, here, I will say this, though, Eddie. 
in that moment, I would have taken Harrison Bucker over Justin Tucker, as crazy as it sounds, because I believe that guy has a confidence that maybe nobody even, including uh, Justin Tucker, has. Yeah. I'm just saying that Harrison, when he was kicking those field goals, I didn't think he was going to miss them. I, I know it's easy for me to say that now, yeah. but we were sitting there. What did I say? Mahomes is getting them. In the, we're going to win this game. I thought Mahomes was going to get the touchdown, but once I saw Harrison on that field, I knew the game was over. I knew well, we were going to get the too, man. Like not only kicking and making them is, is difficult, but avoiding getting blocked from that distance because you have you have to kick it, it more almost, straight line. I showed Lance the video. It, it was so close that it got like it just like. To being blocked? Like, yeah. yeah. It like just went right above the dude's head. Because you can't kick high and, and through. you got to kick it kind of more straight yeah. and, and quick. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that he did those three without getting any the Chargers, tip edge or The block. Chargers did make a very controversial uh, controversial, controversial, controversial uh, decision because yeah. they got the ball first in overtime. Yeah. And they had a fourth and one, I think, on their own 42-yard line, I want to say. Closer, the, closer yeah. to the 50. And they decided to punt. Now, in the moment, I'm like, well, of course, that's a great decision because, you know, Chiefs oh, get yeah, the ball back. Yeah. But you have to think about it. For the Chargers, real quick before we take a break, you have to think from the Chargers' perspective how dumb that actually is. Because you're a team that's playing with a rookie quarterback. A lesson yet, yeah. You're not expected to make the playoffs in most regards. You know you're not going to win this division with the Chiefs still this at full power. Yeah. You, you, you kind of should go for it. It's like, looking back, I'm like, yeah, that was kind of stupid. Come, like, it comes down to their, their defense was playing extremely well against yeah. Pat, and Herbert was looking shaky towards the end. Yeah. With that, that bonehead turnover. So I, I just don't think they trust him. I'm just saying, I just don't ever see a scenario where it's better to put Mahomes back on the field. I mean, if I had Eckler, you know I mean? if I had like, Eckler and Kelly in my backfield with that O-line, I'm, even, I'm going for it. Even with your yeah. defense playing as good as they did, and let's give them credit, man, that Chargers defense, depleted or not, played balls out. Yeah. The scenario of saying, in my mind, yep, I want to put Patrick Mahomes back on the field knowing this could be a game-winning scenario for him. Yeah. I just don't see how that's the logical idea rather than saying, I want to give my offense against this defense that can't stop the run for shit with a mobile young quarterback out there, with hands. Austin Eckler yeah. out there, I can't go and get three feet? That, I can't get three feet? Is that the is that the punt that uh, Willie Gay blocked? The, no, no, the no, no, no. Is that the fourth quarter one? Th- that was the fourth quarter. The overtime one is one they still – it was a good punt. The point is is that the, the idea of it, I think it was and, – and quite frankly, I don't think uh, Anthony Lynn's had the best week uh, sitting here <laughs> talking about why this is why Herbert's a backup quarterback when he just had uh, – if you put that stat line and blindfolded somebody or took the name off – that is actually one of Terod Taylor's best games of his career. Terod Taylor in 47 starts has had one 300-yard game. Yeah. That was Herbert's first start of his career against the defending Super Bowl champs. Yeah, Let's yeah. give him some credit here. And you're going to sit there and kind of play the, the card that he's the backup quarterback. That's pretty disrespectful. I mean, they, 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 they drafted Herbert for, for what he did out there as a downfield, Eighth overall? A downfield yeah. thrower. Right. Yeah, he's a downfield thrower. Terod's not. An so. extremely mobile yeah. young athlete. I'm just saying, the Chargers might have themselves a real quarterback. Yeah, you know they might legitimately have a real quarterback. I mean, what do so, they have to lose besides? I mean, just, I would I would play the kid out there. That's kind of where I'm at. I think if I was the Chargers, I would have went for the fourth and one. But hey, I think that's what Charger fans want. Too. I'll take the dub any day. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for giving Patty the ball back. Yeah. We're gonna take a quick break, guys, because we actually need to get to the Eddie hour, which I cannot wait to get what uh, Eddie's got going. Hopefully, he doesn't get me too triggered tonight. I've been in a pretty I don't think today we're gonna steady mood. Okay, we're gonna find out. So we're gonna get to the Eddie hour, guys. Hope you're ready for it. We'll get back to that after this. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Twidwell. 
Here inside the KCP in studios with my guys Trevor Twoodwell. What's good? Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. And the one and only Miss Gat on the ones and twos. Thank you guys so much for being here. We've been running through the show already. It's been blowing by. We've been talking nothing but Chiefs to this point. But before we get to the Eddie Hour, Trevor did make a mention on the break, and I'm really glad he brought it up. And Trevor, go ahead and take it away, man. Let, let I was just going to say, rest in peace to Gail Sayers, one of the greatest football players of all time, a native of the city, um, Hall of Famer. Kansas great, Common. Great career, yeah. So rest in peace to the Kansas Common, man. Uh, it, it's, it's very unfortunate whenever we lose a great person or a person, period. Uh, but knowing the, the suffering that I know Gail Sayers is going through with dementia, I, I, I'm just I'm glad that his suffering is no more. But he did absolutely leave a legacy, not only here in Kansas, in, in, in this region, but in the NFL as a whole, he will forever be known as a legend uh, in his own regard. So uh, we wish nothing but the best, and our love and sympathy is with his family and everybody, and he meant something too, which I can only imagine is countless amounts of people. Uh, so with that... We do move on to the Eddie Hour, though. Eddie, how are we doing tonight, man? What do you got going on for us? Pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, hopefully, none of these questions get you triggered. They shouldn't. You know, you say that, but I'm pretty sure that is your goal no, every week. No, these questions shouldn't get you triggered. Suspicious. <laughs> yeah. All right. I saw that twinkle in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't right. convince me. My first question. Uh, Going off of what you you were arguing about at work uh, with another uh, employee, another uh, courier, per se. I want to get your thoughts. Is Alex Gordon the second greatest ever royal behind George Brett? No. Frank White is. Um, Alex Gordon is without question a top. It's In baseball, it's very tough to rank players of all positions because baseball has specific... Um, uh, uh, I guess jobs and tasks, if you will. Like uh, baseball is loaded with kickers, punters, and specialty players. Like you have your pitchers, you have your relief pitchers, you have your starting pitchers, you have your catchers, you have your you know like you have specialty guys. Alex Gordon is is very tough to uh, analyze as an all time royal great because as great as he was defensively, he was equally as bad offensively. He was I think mean, he had a, a batting average of career two twenty four for over half his career. That's terrible. It wasn't a power hitter. It wasn't like he was Adam Dunn where he was striking out 200 times a year but bopping 50 homers. But defensively, he, he's such a great story as far as the comeback kid is concerned because for the first six years of his career, he looked like a complete bust. He had to go to the minors multiple times, had to change his batting stance and style over and over again, still couldn't find it. Um, he was a third baseman coming out. Wasn't a very He was very subpar on defense. He was, he was okay. Definitely wasn't the hype. Everybody thought he was the second coming of George Brett because he – coincidentally played the same position so he comes back as a left fielder and all of a sudden he's fixed all of a sudden he's the best left left fielder defensively in baseball and now at the end of his career 14 years later in totality he is regarded as one of the greatest defensive players at that position ever to win seven gold gloves not just win seven gold gloves but to have as many assisted outs as he had which i believe led baseball from like 2011 on is something you cannot ignore, and it puts him up in the ranks. And furthermore, we all know in, in sports, moments are what drive us, right? We always look back at moments, right? Alex Gordon has arguably the greatest moment in Royals history with that straight center shot against Familia in the World Series that saved that game one. Not because I think the Royals would have lost the series. I think I still think they would have won it. It's the fact that he he's the one that hit it. You have to remember that. 
Alex, no one expected him. 75% of people expected him to strike out, and the other 25 expected him to pop out or ground out. Because he wasn't a good hitter. And for him to hit that against one of the best closers in baseball in that moment, saving Eric Hosmer's ass for having an error in the previous inning, it's profound. And everybody's talking about he needs to have a defensive statue out in Kaufman. No, it needs to be that moment because of how epic that was. That was his ultimate moment. So to answer your question, he is without question a top, position-wise, 5 to 10 best player in Royals history. Absolutely, no question. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with I echo those sentiments for sure. <laughs> All right, man. This question should be fun. Um, I'm sure everybody saw the news earlier this week. Uh, the Chicago Bulls decided to make a move. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on Billy Donovan joining the Chicago Bulls. It's going to be potentially a really good move for both parties if the Bulls handle this correctly. And if we know anything about the Bulls of late, they have made nothing but terrible moves. Um, I do know they're cleaning out their front office as well. So that is hopeful for Billy Donovan. I have to imagine Billy Donovan, a man who had probably a plethora of, of, of options, not just in the pro ranks but in college ranks, where he's shined bright as well. I have to imagine that he had some assurances. I had to imagine that Billy Donovan was assured that he's going to have ultimate say in personnel, uh, on the players they go after in free agency, who they draft. Um, I imagine the Bulls are going to give him full reign on operations. Uh, that's... There's no way in, in hell, it's not like he was, no offense, but there's there's no way in hell Billy Donovan was going to leave a good, not great opportunity in OKC to come to the Bulls to have the same, of the more more of the same, basically. He had, what, eight first rounds with the Thunder? He did. He yeah. did. And, 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 and that's, I think he I think he upgraded, personally, because you're also going to the Eastern Conference. So, Billy Donovan is, I think, in a good position to excel, potentially, and I think right now, as it currently stands, the Bulls won more than he did. Because although they do have young talent, Zach Levine and a couple other young players. Marketing. Yes, they, they, they don't have a contender by any stretch of the imagination. So they're gonna, they are gonna they had to have told him, hey, look, we promise you we're going to be aggressive in free agency. We're going to go after guys like Giannis in a year from now. Bradley Beal. We're gonna go after, yeah, we're going to go after guys like Oladipo and people like that to help build a winner around your coaching efforts. Yeah. So and all in all, there's no negatives in this. Because like I said, I feel both Billy upgraded just by moving into a better city, a better market, to the Eastern Conference. But right now the Bulls clearly won just off name, brand, and recognition as, as it currently stands. Well, and I think, I think he realizes, Billy Donovan, I think he realizes uh, – um, that they overachieved this year with that team with Chris Paul because they obviously was like what point five percent to make the playoffs. So I think he agrees that they overachieved and um, he got the best out of Chris Paul that probably anybody probably ever could. Chris Paul had one of the maybe a possibly a career year this year, um, and that team also is going to be in a rebuild. They need to, they need a lot of pieces to truly contend, and they're far from there. I think, uh, and then going to the East obviously makes it a little easier to. Um, you know, and Chicago is always an attractive place. It's a fun, you know, it's a it's a fun city, a nice city, um, and it has obviously a lot of lore there. So um, I think players are always, I mean, even later in D Wade's years, he went back home and played for Chicago. You know, so there's always an attractive lure for players to go to Chicago. So I think they will make some moves. They got money, but I do like Markin and I do like Zach Levine. I'm a big, big Zach Levine fan. I wanted him to come to Sacramento a couple years back, um, but. Yeah, they got a lot of building to do. So I think either way, he was in a position where he's going to like kind of rebuild a roster and kind of move forward with young guys that he's going to have to build up. Um, so I think it's a similar situation. It's just being in the East, it makes his chances a little higher to build quicker 
and be a contender quicker because who knows, like you said, where Giannis is going. If Giannis goes to the West Coast or get, gets out of the East, who knows? Sixers, Raptors are all up in the air. In the well, air. Yeah, I mean, the, the, Rap- the, yeah. Yeah, the Sixers might blow up everything. Kyle Lowry's on his last couple of years. Um, are the Heat going to do this again? Like, you don't know. Is it a bubble thing? Right, yeah. You is know, this a flash in the, the pan? The Celtics just, continue to fail? Because I think, I think the Heat are a good team. I don't want to go off on the Heat, but I think the Heat are kind of a product of the bubble. That's what I'm saying. You're right. Yeah. So I don't, I don't expect the Heat to be a contender like this on I mean, a yearly is it, basis. Is it any mystery to you, just to speak on that bubble real quick, is it any mystery to you the last four remaining teams have coaches that have been extremely experienced oh, yeah. in the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, that yeah Guys yeah. have been pedigreed for long periods of time. And Michael Malone has worked his way up, and he's the worst coach yeah. left in the bubble. And I mean, all the, prima, <laughs> and all the prima donna players are out because all the prima donna players that, you know, with the, the load management and stuff, I don't want to go on a tangent about that. But a lot of the the, the dogs, no the dogs of this league, yeah. the, the guys that are just you know the love the game of basketball are here. You know, Jimmy Butler's the guys that are gritty. The guys that's I mean, those are the guys making a statement right now. So, um, but yeah, I I, I hope I hope the best for for Coach and um, you know see us. I'm excited to see what he can do with Chicago. It'd be only and only good for the league if you know the Chicago franchise is back up from where you know the prime D Rose years were. That was fun to see you know a, a Chicago team. You know, making a push in the playoffs. So we'll, hopefully, Donovan can, you know, in the next couple seasons, you know, attract a couple stars, maybe a couple superstars. Who knows what he does, um, and make that team competitive again. All right. Staying in the NBA, uh, with the Thunder looking for a new head coach, uh, I want to hear thoughts as to who do you think is the best option for for this job. Uh, they have several good options out there. Uh, when it comes to NBA coaches, it's always tough because you don't really know how the coach is going to adjust with what they have given to them uh, because you have to accept a portion of that because there's always going to be pieces that remain just based off contracts alone. Um, I mean, you have the obvious options out there. I don't think that the obvious ones are going to be out there, though. I think Ty Lue is going to obviously get a job quick, and I don't think OKC is going to be where he wants to land because Chris Paul won't be there. I, I'm marking that down right now. He will not be back next season. And even if he was, he's going to be going on 36 years old as an undersized guard. So I don't see that team, they're kind of up in the air with Gilders Alexander and young guys like that. Sure, they'll be fine, but I don't think that's an actual, like, hot spot. Steven Especially Adams when, is getting older. Yeah, you're talking about teams that are, like, the Philly, the Philly, you know, Sixers and stuff like that. I think those are the spots you see get the top-tier guys. Indiana Pacers, I think you're going to, because they have more talent than the Thunder. I think you're going to see those types of teams get those jobs first. So I actually think it's going to be an under-the-radar type of hire for the Thunder. I think it's going to be a guy that we don't really see coming. Um, maybe a Sam Cassell, if you want to really go by name recognition. Uh, a guy from the Clippers staff. I think you're going to see a lot of guys like that. If, if I'm going to throw a wild dart out there and give you a name that people know, Jason Kidd. I think that would be a guy that could potentially go to OKC. I don't think he's going to be with the Lakers next year because I definitely think he wants to be a head coach. Yeah. But because of the fact that he has some bruises on his reputation as a head coach in this league and has failed with star players, I could see him maybe trying to rebound himself and his legacy and, quite frankly, his reputation as a coach with going to a young team like the Thunder and trying to rebuild that and see what he can do with a young team like that because they're going to need guard play. They're going to need that once Chris Paul's gone. Jason Kidd being one of the greatest point guards of all time maybe can instill that on a young point guard they maybe draft or maybe they go and pick up a free agency, whatever the case is. So if I'm going to throw a name out there that people know, I'd say Jason Kidd. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good coaches sitting out there. I mean, they can they can have Luke Walton if they want. Um, <laughs> I think we'll pass. Yeah. I think um, about Bill Self. Like, there we go. What do you think about that? that oh. And that's a smooth transition for him. It's not far. It's a ball throw away, you know. Uh, is Bill Self really wanting to get out of the college ranks, though? Because I know you. Yes. I would. Yes, I would. If I was Bill Self with the reputation he has, I would take a shot at the NBA. 
Think about it, Coach Cal. He's got it made in KU, though. He <laughs> absolutely does. But think about it. The money's better in, in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to recruit. It's it's made for you. It's a star-driven league. And that's, yeah, I mean, OKC is... Like that's I said, a great question, Dan. You got to think, think about it. Recruiting. That is, that's another good point. The whole and, and all those and for a coach to walk in with all those first round picks. I was gonna say we need a they, the OKC needs a good coach to to know what to do with that many yeah. first round picks. And he has a relationship with their front office. I mean, there's I mean, a lot. There. I would absolutely love to have Bill Pop, I mean, in the league. The, the attachments are always there with him in San Antonio as well because we don't know what Popovich's future is. Yeah. So maybe he's keeping a close eye on that as well. Is is San Antonio a better I, location right now than yeah. OKC at this point? I feel like point? San Antonio's lost a lot of its attraction. It really has. Yeah, it was never a marketing. Well, because this is the main thing: the league it's is tra- the league has transitioned to a player's league. It's not about because back in the day, us growing up, you know, oh, I want to go play for Coach So and So. I want to go play for Coach Pop. But yes, now it's becoming these stars know that they have the power. Right, just like KD and, and Kyrie made those power moves. You know, they got their co- they handpicked Steve Nash right. because he's a, he's a player's coach and he has a good relationship with KD. Yeah, so I think players are starting to identify, and LeBron is being you know the leading guy of that entire movement, which is beautiful yeah. because the players are the product and they should have a majority of the say You're so right, that. because think about it. The, who they're comfortable playing two for. Two of the three best coaches in the NBA, Greg Popovich and Brad Stevens. How many free agents are they get? Right. And Brad Stevens plays in a great uh, – coaches in a yeah, great market. Yeah, Popovich co- but, drafts so well. But to your point yeah. – yes, but to the point, they're, they're not seeking coaches anymore. They're right. seeking teammates. Yeah. That's where it's winning – It's a star-driven league. Yes, yeah, exactly. Mean, Bill Self would be great. And there, Alvin Gentry's out there. McMenamin's out there. There's great coaches out right. there. So, D'Antoni, I mean, the Lex, yeah, I mean, there's a lot Ty of guys Lou. floating around, for right. sure. I would love to see Ty Lue get another chance. She even, Mo Cheeks is still out there. He's floating around. Right. He, he was a good coach. Yeah, I mean, Mark Jackson's always Who's mentioned. Cheeks. <laughs> cheeks? Can't get enough, so you need Mo Cheeks, you know what I mean? No Cheeks. I don't know. Um, and even what's the name? That was uh, uh, Jacques Vaughn, too. You know, who's just? A, I think he's staying with the Nets, though. They did say assistant. that Steve Nash, Steve Nash asked him to I basically like him. be his I personal he did a, guy. I mean, he... he Coached the hell out of that, right. that Nets team, that lackluster roster that they had, and they were decently competitive in that first round of the playoffs. So, I mean, who knows? Um, yeah, Bill Self would be – I would love to have that guy in the NBA. Just to see him on a weekly basis coaching NBA games would be cool. So, so uh, – we, we can always go watch so, him, too. So, so, uh, Gail, <laughs> Gail just Alexander, so, so, uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, we're here at the Salty Aguana. We're the swinger clubs. Uh, so, 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 uh, 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 so, uh, uh. <laughs> My Bill Self people know what I'm talking about. Oh, man. So, so, uh, uh, so, so. He'd go grab uh, Andrew Wiggins real quick. Isn't that uh, – Braden or Brandon Turner that does the Bill Self impersonation. What? what oh yeah, what yeah. He does that? a really good one. Yeah, actually, I'm very impressed like by after that. After a loss or something, and I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> this sounds exactly like it. <laughs> Yours wasn't bad. Sorry. Thank you, thank you. So, so uh, Eddie, what's the next question? So, All right, so. next question. Uh, will Jonas stay or leave? I'm very glad you're asking this question. You say Lil John? Is that what you said? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Janice. Remember Janice? He used to say Janice. Yeah, Janice. So you're growing. Good job. Uh, will, will Giannis leave? Um, I'm really glad you asked this question because I feel like this is this is um, a very underrated topic. It's kind of, for some reason, flying under the radar. I, I know it's because basketball still going, so this isn't technically the off season. Well, not technically. It's not. Um, usually it is in September. Um, no, he's not. I, I don't believe Giannis is leaving. Uh, I really do believe he is one of those guys that means what he says. I know a lot of times guys like Kevin Durant, they'll, they'll play the game to keep people at bay and then surprise everybody, and then they're known as snakes. I believe Giannis is one of those guys that really cares about p- what people think about him. He is one of those dudes that internalizes everything. Like Damian, Damian Lillard, similar, similar to Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is the same way, yes. Yeah. They're, they're both killers in their own way. They're both instinctual monsters. They, 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 they will go out there and, dr- and hang 50 on you and be merciless. They're savages in their own regard. 
But there's something about loyalty with these guys that pisses me off, quite frankly. I'm just going to be real. I, I hate that about them. I, I don't like that trait in, 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 in athletes, to be honest. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's commendable. It's respectable. It's admirable. It's not winnable. That's the problem. Unless you are in a situation like Kobe Bryant. I'm getting there. Unless you're Kobe Bryant, who inherits greatness. Unless you're Derek Jeter, who inherits greatness. You land in the best market in the NBA. Yeah, Yeah. unless you're a guy that walks into a situation that is a winning organization and franchise. Get the hell out. Because Giannis is back-to-back MVP, and he's accepting it on a Zoom call. He should still be in the playoffs. (laughs) And it's not because he sucked. He was blowing out. Dude was averaging 29-14 and got sent home in the in the first or second round. Got hurt, but yeah. I'm just saying, my point, though, is he didn't have enough around him. LeBron is the perfect example of this. He set that path for guys like Giannis to be able to date, do that and get less criticism. And so, unfortunately, with all that said, with that, there will still be criticism. I think Giannis is afraid of that because he has said in the past he doesn't want to be the guy that goes and joins other teams. I believe him. Because Damian Lillard is doing the same thing. But guess what happened to Damian Lillard as well? He got his ass sent home in the first round of five games. So although, although like I said, you get the pat on the back and you look cool on Facebook and people will defend you to the death, you're not winning chips. You're watching like we are right now. And so it's up to you. What do you want? Do you want to be the guy that gets the pats on the back and zero championships and joins Charles Barkley in 20 years on NBA on TNT and gets made fun of by Shaq? Or do you want to be Shaq and hang off those rings and keep posting them out there and letting everybody know? Because ironically, Shaq talks about guys not joining super teams, yet Shaq only won championships because he joined other teams. So Why didn't he stay in Orlando? You know what I'm saying? Like That's what I'm saying. Don't. I, I hope Giannis moves, but I am of the absolute confidence and belief he will not go anywhere. I think he takes the Supermax and stays in Milwaukee. Mm, I'm torn. I think if I, I feel like he's right now, obviously he feels let, let down in the fact that he probably feels like he let his team down with, you know, via injury. Um, I feel like if they don't make a move and get him another piece, because he needs a true second star on that team. Because Middleton's a good, a really good player, but he's very spotty. He can be really inconsistent, and he just doesn't have that it factor to him. He's, he's a clutch player. He hits big shots and big moments a lot of times. But he's just not a star in this league. They need Chris Paul. That would be great. I th- but I, but if they, I feel like if they don't make a move and get another player like a Bradley Beal or another you know consistent good scorer night in night out kind of guy, I think he leaves. I think Giannis leaves if they don't bring another player because I think he wants. I think he's put in his work. He's put in every, all his effort into this Milwaukee franchise, who's never you know since Kareem done shit. Um. He's the next Kareem, and he, you know, he wants to be that Kareem for that franchise and win trips and be a contender year in, year out, and they're just not that. We saw that again this year. None of us, I mean, outside of Eddie, none of us really believed in this team, right? Because I just did, I didn't believe in the rotation. I didn't believe the depth. I didn't believe that they had guys to simply get it done. They're a good home team. When they're outside of the bubble, they have good fans that show up, and they're very good when they have their home court. But when that went out of the window... Yep. We saw when it was even playing field, they got out toughed and outplayed by Miami. Because they have no point guard play. This they have of, zero point guard yeah, play. I don't. Ble- I never believed in Drew Bledsoe or Drew Bledsoe. Eric, <laughs> Eric Bledsoe. Uh, yeah, Drew Bledsoe uh, sucks yeah, yeah, yeah. Not very. Not a very good. Uh, not a very good, good point guard. He sucks at basketball. But I, yeah, I just I don't <laughs> the like. Very first yeah. Episode that I was on, I talked about Drew Bledsoe. You did. You it's did. So weird that we have now come full circle. <laughs> it's also been a year. I didn't want to interject this since I showed up on your guys' show. It was a year ago. I think last week. You're shitting me. No. Wow. Uh, 
Look how far we've come, guys. Looks like we made it. It's really weird brought up Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, Drew Bledsoe needs to step it up at point guard position. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think if they don't make another move and get another kind of like a big move, because I think they have to. I think they, they, if they the East is only going to get better now that the Nets are coming, right? You have the, the star power, probably the most star-studded team with the duo with KD and Kyrie coming. And I fully believe if it was if they came down to Eastern Conference Finals, if it got that far with the Bucks, I'm putting my money on the Nets. You know, barring the health of those two stars over there in, in Brooklyn, I like that team better. I think they're coming. So I think he knows he needs another piece. And if they don't make a move of Milwaukee, and I don't know if I expect them to, I don't know if they're going to attract any other stars. I think he gets out of there, and cool. I think I think he would join like the Heat or the yeah. or, or Toronto. I think would be a great spot for him. Well, let me let me add to that real quick before we move on. Even if the Eastern Conference, let's say the Nets are a total flat tire, right? And let's say the East stays exactly as it is, and the Miami Heat come down to earth a little bit, the Celtics continue to disappoint. Even if that's the case, I still don't believe in this Bucks team. I still don't believe they're going to get to the finals. I think they need to make a move. That's, if that's if, what if I'm they went and got Bradley Beal, I'd be like, oh shit. It's here we all go. everything that happens from here on out. And I'm yeah. me and Trevor are on opposite sides of this essentially because yeah. I think Trevor is more on the side. I think you lean more to the side he leaves. Uh, yeah. Why is that? I'm hoping for him. Because of the same leads. reason I think he stays. As crazy as that sounds. Yeah. Because I don't believe they're going to get him that replacement. And it's he Trevor nailed it on the head when he started his entire take right there. Giannis puts it on himself. So naturally, he's going to think no matter what the team does around him, it's his fault they don't succeed. Therefore, he's got to do better. And I think that's why he stays. As twisted as that sounds. He's humble to a fault. To a fault, exactly. That is his problem. I know everybody, like I said, it it seems like this cool thing and you want to put that in a movie. It's great on Hollywood. It doesn't win you. He's kind of like that that old man that doesn't want to ask for help. He expects help. And he doesn't want to ask for it. He doesn't want to tell it'll, it'll feel like that's beneath him. But he needs to understand that Giannis needs Giannis needs another player. He needs another star player. He does. Because to win this league, you need multiple stars. Thank you. Point blank period. Ne- never has there been a, a one-star-led championship team since this league got extremely competitive and deep. Since Magic Johnson, like, what was that, 1981? That's what I'm or, saying. Yeah. Since, yeah, I mean, out, leaving out the, moving on from the 70s, early 80s on, you've needed multiple stars to win this league. Yeah. And Giannis is amazing. Uh, he, he'll never win a, a championship, him being the sole star of the team. It's just not going to happen. So that's why, if they don't make a move, I'm, I'm expecting his exit. 100% agree. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to move into the NFL. Is Minshew the real deal, or will the Jaguars, 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 yeah, Jaguars, Janice, Jaguars, Jaguars. whichever one. Well, <laughs> the Cats. There you go. Uh are they looking to move on uh, by drafting a quarterback in the next year in next year's draft? I have no idea, and the reason why is because I think that Minshew is just good enough to convince this franchise that that he's the guy. And quite frankly, I think the Jaguars are gullible enough to believe that too. Because <laughs> I've been convincing myself. I'm not a Jags fan. I don't give two shits what they do. I've been convincing myself he's good enough, mm. and. I think in my core, I think to everyone's core, we know he's not. I think he's going to be one of those guys that ends up becoming one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league eventually. I think he's getting his opportunity now at 23, 24 years old to to shine. But I think where Minshew is right now is the best he's going to be. Now, I will defend Minshew in one thing. He plays for the Jaguars. He's playing with the, yeah. He doesn't play with a good team. If he was on the 49ers... Or if he was on the Seahawks or a yeah. team like that, I think Minshew would be putting up some damn good numbers. And quite frankly, 
despite the fact that Baker Mayfield had a plethora of weapons, him and Minshew put up the exact same numbers last season. And in fact, you can say that Minshew actually had a better season. Yeah. And he ain't got the guys like him and like Baker. So I, I don't, at the same breath, as much as I want to defend Minshew, if I'm the Jaguars, I'm hoping that we drop the next 10, 12 games in a row and put ourselves in tank mode and try to go get Trevor Lawrence. Because Trevor Lawrence has that elite He's talent. Minshew, yeah. Minshew's got that elite mentality. He doesn't have elite talent. Trevor Lawrence He's has got, got that rare air. Maybe the most talented quarterback we've seen come out of the draft since Andrew Luck. So you'd be a fool not to go after him if you could get him. The problem is, I think the Jaguars are trying to win games. And I don't really understand why. Because if you go on 5-11 or 6-10, and 10, what does that get you? The ninth pick in the draft? Well, congratulations. You missed Trevor Lawrence. You get Minshew now with the ninth pick. Well, you got you got to keep in mind too. Like I said, when we were watching that Jags game, um, front offices will go into tank mode. They make the final decisions. On a lot of those GMs will make the front the final decisions on, on a lot of those roster moves and who exits, who stays, who they're cutting. Um, they've obviously had a, a, a fire sale, but coaches, players, Gardner Minshew. As a quarterback, as a brand, as he's trying to brand himself, he's kind of started to brand himself a little bit. These guys are still playing for their jobs. These guys, these coaches are still coaching for their jobs. Yep. If they go in full tank mode, this is on those coaches' resumes too. Absolutely. You know, so the coaches don't want to lose games. Right. So and Gardner doesn't want to lose games. So they're going to be competitive, the product on the field, regardless of you know the front office is working against them to go into tank mode to get Trevor Lawrence, which I think that's what's happening. They're kind of like there's like an inner turmoil going on there because Gardner doesn't want to lose. You know, he's a very competitive kid, which I love it. Gardner Minshew is the the Jeremy Lin of the NFL. Oh, okay. I like that. He's Jeremy Lin. He, Does he, Jeremy Lin have a hot dad, too? <laughs> His dad is Let's look that up. Yeah, I'm like, okay, Jeremy Lin's dad. Let's see if we can find dad. Smoking hot Asian father. I don't Let's think it's going to work out for me. I just have a feeling. Um, but, yeah, I think I think that's like the perfect. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, no. Oh, he's yeah. definitely your type dad. I don't think it's. I think I'm going to stick with what's going to work out. You would yeah. swipe right? I don't think so. No, that was kind of terrifying. That's too bad. Right. That's well, too bad. I was, I was hoping. Let love be love. Mm. Oh, you look smart. Adopted? You look smart. Well, that's that's strange. Okay, well, anyways. But anyways, I, yeah, I, mean, I think that's like the perfect like analogy there. Cross-sport analogy. Is, I like that. He's like the Jeremy. Because remember how exciting Jeremy Lin was when he first? I mean, look how exciting Minshew was when he took the league kind of by surprise last year. Yeah, you know, he's making stash. big flashy plays. It's in Jacksonville. They got rid of Bortles. He was... Absolutely, dumps the juice. Right, so he came in and kind of saved the day for those fans, yeah. and he's he's a fun player to watch. Jeremy Lin was fun for a good couple years in a starving market. Right, that's a starving market in the NFL. Uh, it's obviously not New York, but New York was starving for a star player, and they blew up the marketing for Jeremy Lin. You know, Lin Sanity and all that. Seems to be is, the London this Jaguars. Is, this is Minshew Mania. Lin Sanity. It has that same exact feel. Um, I feel like it, unfortunately it's going to be short lived. He's going to become like one of those um, uh, foreman type backup quarterbacks and he's a very good reliable backup quarterback but uh yeah i just don't i think what i think he's gonna be kind of come like what's his name where he kind of bounced from team to team uh he's, i think philly just brought him back uh what, josh mccown josh mccown yeah oh. who's a good player or like the guy he just took an l from <laughs> yeah. ryan fitzpatrick that's perfect yeah, he's yeah. been on eight nine different teams similar type <laughs> field he's branded by the beard you yeah. know he has that good personality everybody likes Minshew. him because he's cerebral Minshew has a great personality great as well. great team guy humble beginnings yep. You know, so and you can make money doing that. I like him a lot. He's a fan favorite of the NFL. Really, I think most NFL fans like to watch him and root for him because well, he, he's not a threat either. Right, like he's playing for the Jaguars. Similar like to Jeremy Lin. Yeah, outside of that one game where he outdueled Kobe. Yeah, 
he was never there was never a real threat. It was just fun to kind of root for the kid, you know, the unsung hero. Yeah, here. out of market fan, you know, like you're yeah. Just like, oh yeah, I like that guy. He's cool. He doesn't. I don't think me. he's the real deal though. I don't think he's the real deal. I think he has fun and tangible intangibles because he can extend plays and he is very sneaky athletic. But as far as like a trajectory of his career, he's going to be kind of a a flat line type of. There's not really. I don't see a peak nearing anytime soon for his trajectory. But he's fun to watch. I'm rooting for him. Hope the best for him. But I think he will become like a uh, a foreman type uh, backup, consistent backup role player for most football teams. All right. Next question. What happened to the Saints? Uh, I told you guys uh, from the very beginning of the season, I didn't believe in the Saints. I think they're frauds. Um, there's a there's a combination of things. Uh, I will get I'll, I'll bite into it a little bit more. I don't want to just make blanket statements like that. Uh, Sean Payton has done a horrific job as a head coach this season so far. Not in the X's and O's. In his decision making with his personnel, as far as the Bucks game, week one, there was no doubt they were going to win that game. And I'm going to give credit to Nick Wright for making this point because I didn't even think about it until he brought it up. This falls solely on Sean Payton's feet. Yeah. He's trying to blow out the Buccaneers when the game was already decided. All you have to do is take three knees and you're done. Game's over. He decides to not only run plays, but run plays with his star players and Michael Thomas running routes. And what do you know? On third down, Michael Thomas gets rolled up and suffers a high ankle sprain and is set to miss several weeks. Your best player on offense, you get hurt for arrogance. Now, maybe it wouldn't have happened, and we're not even talking about this. It did happen. So, therefore, the criticism is justified and, therefore, must be applied. Sean Payton is the reason why the Saints could potentially miss the playoffs. Mm. Because here's the other problem. Their schedule doesn't get any easier from here on out. They also have the Chiefs later in the season when Drew Brees, at 41, soon to be 42 years old, is not getting any better. And even when Michael Thomas comes back, how much of Michael Thomas will be back? Because if anybody suffered a high ankle sprain, especially for a skill position, who a guy that needs his speed and to be able to create space and open fields, knows that injury lingers even when you're back. So how effective is he going to be with a noodled arm quarterback in Drew Brees? And i got a hot take real quick. And it's not going to happen. Don't say it. I'm going to say it. <laughs> There's a reason why Jameis Winston's on this <laughs> roster. And if the Saints were smart after they go 1-4 and four to start the season, Jameis Winston needs to play football. That's not going to happen. Because at this point, can you definitively tell me Drew Brees is better than Jameis Winston? Exactly. And what's the risk? Think about this. If the Saints do go one and four like I do expect them to go, mm. if they start off one and four, they're essentially out of the playoff picture, right? You have Jameis Winston on a one year deal and you know you're losing Drew Brees after the season's over. No moron's gonna turn to Taysom Hill at thirty one years old who's thrown seven passes in his career. <coughs> Why not see what you got in a twenty six year old Jameis Winston? Who you know is more talented than anybody outside of Trevor Lawrence in this next draft, and you know you can't get Trevor Lawrence. Why not see what you got in Jameis Winston and then see if you need to extend him for this next season? The same method that the Patriots are using with with Cam Newton. Why not? So not to delve off too far, my point, though, is the Saints have absolutely screwed their season and it falls on Sean Payton. I, I told you this in the beginning. I saw, I saw them as a playoff team. I saw them winning their division, but they're frauds when it comes to the playoffs, and it's reasons like this as to why I believe that. Honestly, as looking at the Saints as a whole, I'm more, I'm more frustrated with the lack of defense that they've been playing. I feel like their defense is far underachieving more than their offense is. I mean, I feel like the last that game against the Raiders was a, a classic trap game. They lost 
Drew Brees lost his safety blanket. Um, that deep, but the, the defense of the Saints just they couldn't stop literally one weapon of the Raiders. Thirteen targets for Waller. You mean the two weapons? Thir- this is what I'm saying. <laughs> the, and the Raiders played the most vanilla offense. Nothing special. They weren't barely utilizing rugs. Their speedster. He even got banged up and was in and out of the game. Literally, it was Darren Waller and 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 Josh, Josh Jacobs. Jacobs who were just eating this defense. And that is a good, a great defensive roster over there in in, in New Orleans. They look lost. So I just yeah, I feel like that was just a typical trap game. I think they overlooked the Raiders. I feel like a lot of people probably gonna overlook the Raiders. Well, the Raiders look better than we imagined. They looked fairly good, um, but I think they fell victim to a trap game. Drew Brees doesn't look much different, honestly, than he did last year. Yeah, he looks old, but Which wasn't he, good either. But I mean, his 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 um, yards per attempt is damn near identical to last year, so it's not that much different. This offense is ran that way, and they and it works. Um, but the, the NFC is definitely tougher this year, especially the way the Green Bay Packers are looking. They're carrying it on from what they looked, how they looked last year, winning twelve games. So I think the Packers are right there in the mix, and the Packers should win this game against them this week. Um, but I, I still, I still very well, and 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 am um, expecting them to be a playoff team. I don't. I think losing Michael Thomas is huge for any team. Um, you lose that that you know that weapon, that consistent weapon, that you know one of the best at getting open in this league. Um, so. I'm confident in them to win. I think after the Packers, their, their schedule is actually not that tough. I know they get us later, but they have some some pud matchups they should take advantage of. But that defense has got to come around, and I fully expect that defense to come around. Sean Payton and Drew Brees have too much win, too many wins under their belt. I expect them to get it together. I'm not too worried about them, to be honest. There, I think I think they're a good team. There was a report, however, uh, real quick, that uh, this last offseason, Drew Brees was setting to retire. Yeah. And the, the Sean Payton and the, and the Saints brass convinced him to stay for another year. I think that's this why is, that, this that, is his last rodeo. That's why that announcement came back that he was going to be a commentator for, I believe, was it CBS or Fox? I, I think it was it. Fox. Okay. That's why that came out because initially he was planning on this, this next season being his start. Yeah. That's why everyone was like, wait, you announced it? A year before you, go- so he's already got one. Sense. He's already got one foot out. Yeah. So, so my point though is, how much does Drew Brees really want to keep playing? That's true. And if, that, if he starts- so, is his heart really in this? Yeah. Like, I don't know. And and from the looks of it, he doesn't look like a guy who's as focused as he normally would be. So, uh, t- to tally all of it, undersized, forty-one years old, doesn't have his number one weapon, didn't really want to play this year. Yeah. As a story, I would love don't to see. Don't be shocked I would love to see- the Saints team crumbles. I would Just love to see. As a, as a story, I would love to see Jameis get a shot. That'd be cool. Because this is a great roster all the way around, a great roster. And he would bring something to that offense that that Drew Brees just can't. And if nothing else, we're going to see Drew Brees retire and then his hairline's going to come back. So (laughs) I'm here for a hair... A hair revival, a hair resurrection? Yes, I'm here for it. A resurrection? Kind of like how... uh, um, um, Brian Urlacher did. Yep. When he retired. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Yeah, he had all of a sudden had hair. Yeah. Oh, and Kent Swanson is Brian Baldinger. Horrible. I just want to say Kent. Early L. Damn it, Kent. Given to Kent Swanson. If the Lions were doing better right now, I'd feel more confident coming at you. But you know what? I'm going to let Gat do her <laughs> yeah, do the Lord's work. I already did that last week. <laughs> Don't start with me. Next. Right. Next question. With all the injuries from week two, what team do you think took the hardest hit? And in a player wise, without question, the 49ers. Absolutely, there is no question. Six, well, you six lose two of your best defenders in back to back plays to the same injury. Possibly the best defensive player in the league. Yeah, and Joey, Joey Bosa, Bosa, Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa, yeah. and then you lose Ar- uh, not Eric Armstead, but uh, uh, 
Solomon Thomas. Yeah. You lose Solomon Thomas in the very next play to the same injury. They already had Richard Sherman now. Jimmy Garoppolo suffers a high ankle sprain. Yeah, Mostert he's out, he's gets out this hurt. week. Yeah. yeah, Mostert gets hurt. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, without Mostert question. And Tevin Coleman. Both are starting running backs. George Kittle's hurt with a hyperextended knee. Yeah, I don't think he's playing this week he's, either. Yeah. And, and you know what's funny? They're still going to beat the Giants. But the point well, is... Watch the Giants beat them, dude. <laughs> the Giants will have Saquon Barkley, which is, you know, next in line. McCaffrey goes out with a, with a, with a leg uh, injury. I think it's an ankle as well. For they the signed Panthers. Devonta Freeman, man. <laughs> <laughs> They're on the rise. But there's a, there was a plethora. Devontae Adams got hurt. Yeah. Sammy Watkins got hurt. I mean, there's a list. I, I know I'm forgetting a few. The Without question, the 49ers, man. They've lost not just a bunch of players. Key, star, elite players they've been losing. It's... It's by far. If Trevor disagrees with me, I'm going to throw my mic at him. No, I mean... There's no way... I'm just trying to think of, like, the most impactful injuries. It's... It's no question is the 49ers because it's it's the number of injuries and the fact that they lost impactful their most impactful players for the year. They're two number their two best defensive players. Yeah. And Richard like you said Richard Sherman out for the year too. Yeah. Or he's on IR, right? He, yeah, he'll be he'll out for be at least 3 4 weeks. So I mean at least. Yeah. I, I guess if, if I wanted to give a consolation, if I wanted to say the closest to them probably would be because of the magnitude of the player and the expectations would be Drew Locke and the Broncos. Because they're going to lose him for almost two months. Yeah. And, and there was high expectations for the Broncos this year. Or at least people were waiting to see Drew Locke with weapons. Cortland Sutton's out for the year with a torn ACL. You lose Drew Locke. You've already lost Vaughn Miller. Like, yeah. there's a collection of them. But I, I think outside, the yeah, outside of the Niners, it would be the loss of Saquon for the entire year. That's one of the league's best But nobody backs. had expectations for the Giants. No, no, no. Anyway. As far as a team, yeah. no one expected them to be, like, a, a good team, really. Yeah. A middling, maybe it, maybe eight and eight tops. But just the fact that, this, you know, we're not going to be able to watch – the star that yeah. is Saquon oh, Barkley. That's a great point. That is because he's you on know, commercials now and stuff like yeah, that with he's Baker a, Mayfield. And he's, that kid is fun uh, to watch, um, man. I, I will say this on a little side note. I think if if I'm the Giants, I'm looking to trade Saquon Barkley because of the fact this team is at least two, three years away from being a contender, and that's being nice because we don't know what Joe Judge is as a head coach. That's yeah. going to be really engine upon that. We don't know what they have in Daniel Jones. Our offensive line is atrocious. Yeah, they haven't paid Saquon. This is yeah, what his third, this is his third year. year. So my point is, yeah, he'll be 24 next season. Coming off of, yeah, Achilles. You're not going to extend him on a bad team. Is it Achilles so, or ACL? It's ACL. ACL. Oh, okay. ACL. That's, that's not So that, my that point is, he'll, he'll get a new ACL. Yeah. If I'm the Giants, I, I look to try to trade him in the next year. I, I know that's a side note and everything like that. This team needs depth. They need better offensive line. You trade Saquon Barkley to a team who they needs need a star running defense. back. Yeah, yeah. You, you trade him to a, a, a team that's like on the verge offensively to, to be... You know, I, I mean, I, I don't even really thought about what team he could go to. But if you go and trade him to, like, say, like the Patriots. Or the Rams. Yeah, or, 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 I, I'm looking more on the AFC side. Oh, yeah, You yeah. go and trade him to the AFC side, you know, and you give him to, the, like, the Steelers, mm-hmm. right? They got James Conner. They give you – James Saquon Barkley would start over James Conner in a heartbeat. For sure, I, but the, the point I, I think is, they're going to pay James Conner to keep him around. Saquon Barkley's not making any differences other than marketing side of things for the, for the Giants. He's a marketing monster. Like, you know, he's a freak, and he's a freak athlete. He ain't doing anything out there, and for New York, I would try to trade him if I was the if I was the Giants. We'll see. It sucks that he's gone for the year. I love it really watching sucks. that kid. It, it sucks for fantasy blessing, owners too. It might be a blessing in disguise for him and the Giants because he would go out there and just get his body banged up. If I'm him, I want to stay there. They man. might you win. Wanna, you want to stay in the New York market? I'm just saying you might win an additional couple games with Saquon healthy. He gets his body battered. He loses, you know, maybe a couple games on his career, and the Giants lose out on getting a, lot, a, a top three pick. I guess it depends on what the player wants too. Because I mean, building a brand in New York is there might not be a better spot. You know, for him as, as an Goes individual. Goes to L.A. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, the Chargers would be a great spot for him, too, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, last question. Uh, my last question is pretty much, <clears throat> are the comments made by the Chargers head coach the right 
words to describe Justin Herbert? Um, let's see. We're no. <laughs> Let me just put it like that. I'm trying to find a comparison. I'm trying to draw parallels between other people that said the stupidest shit imaginable. Are you talking about but what not he said about, about Tyra, Tyra being the the starter when he went healthy? Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and yes. the, the whole is like that's why he's a backup. He's right. a backup for a reason. I, I, we, I kind of addressed this at the beginning because I don't want to take take this yeah. whole thing. I would like to get Trevor's thoughts more importantly, to, just to kind of echo what I said before. Um, Anthony Lynn had probably his worst week as a head coach from the from a publicity from the publicity side of things. Not I'm not talking about the X's and O's. I'm talking about just from the comments made things of that nature. I feel like he handled this about as badly as you could as a coach because it's he a bad position. To be. Here, here's the thing. This is why it's so stupid. Yeah. If he would have got Terod Taylor back this week, it isn't as bad. It's still horrible. You still got to have Herbert out there. So you're sitting here essentially shitting on this kid. Yeah, Not intentionally, yeah. maybe. Maybe so. And he's still got to go out there and start this week. How are you reinvigorating confidence into your rookie quarterback, knowing you drafted him so highly, which means in his mind he knows he's going to take over eventually, and then you say those things that you say, and then he's going to go start next week. Like, it, and, and he's probably going to start the next couple of games. Because yeah. if Herbert goes out there and plays good again, how in the world are you going to convince your 19 fans that he's the, he's not the guy to play every week? <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, we all knew Terod Taylor was just a gap filler. We all knew that he was just there just to help Herbert just do his development and try to re- reinvigorate the or re uh, replicate what Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes did, which you can't do, by the way. Doesn't ever happen in the NFL. That was a perfect situation for some. I think Patrick should have started week one, but that's just me. Yeah. Terod Taylor's not there next next year. Herbert is. So if he goes out there and has another three hundred yard, two touchdown game, and let's say the Chargers win. How do you convince your your people, you know, in the stands or not in the stands, that he shouldn't play? But his comments are going to backfire on him. I I, I think he did a horrible job. I could, I don't think he could have handled it anymore. First of all, I want to say that this is I, I, this brings me joy that this is the Chargers that it's going through this and it's within the division. And I feel like <laughs> the, I feel like within our division, almost all the teams cannot find any kind of like consistency or continuity between the players and the, and the coaching staff or the front office and the coaching staff and the players, blah, blah, blah. I feel like there's so much tension between all these teams and we're just kind of just, you know, doing us. So that, that alone makes me happy. At the same time, I feel like for coach, that was, he's, I feel like he's like within a, between a rock and a hard place with this situation because he didn't want to shit on Tyrod and say, oh yeah, Herbert might be our guy because Tyrod was done dirty too, because it wasn't his fault he didn't start. He was supposed to start, but he got his damn lung pierced by the doctor, you know? So it's like he – that's a tough question to answer at that moment because there was so much going on. But, you know, he didn't want to shit on Terod, who was supposed to be the starter, who was the guy taking all the first-team reps in every practice and, and, and hard knocks and leading into the season. He was going to be the guy, and he they run their offense through him. He knows the offense. Herbert doesn't even know the entire offense probably right now. Um, so I get why he said it, but at the same time it is – it is probably hard for her, for Herbert to hear that because he's probably going to be the starter for the next few weeks, regardless. Because Tarad's not going to be able to be on the field with the punctured lung. Who knows how long that's going to heal, take the heal. Um, but I don't, I don't I don't expect much from this team, regardless. I just think you know, as far as the quarterback <coughs> position goes, and that, who knows? I mean, it could change. That could change. I mean, I know Tarad was done dirty, and it wasn't his fault he didn't play that game. Um, but, they, I mean, if Herbert comes out here and plays these next few games, depending on how long Terod's out, and he, he balls out these next few games and looks really, really good and is getting better by, by the week, 
you know, that could the, the the coach might not have a choice. You know, he might be strong armed from the top to start the kid if he's you know if they're winning games with him. But I mean, if they're losing every single game with Herbert and he, he's not doing well, he looks you know mediocre at best. They're going to go right back to Tyrod. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't feel like he could have answered that question one way or the other and came out on top. I think he was stuck in a, a tough spot there. So I feel like it was a lose lose for him, honestly. That is it for me this, this this show. Good job. I think I handled it well with Grace. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there was a Kent, or not a Kent Swanson, a Ron Swanson appearance or oh, not. There was there? There was. Fair enough. I probably deserved it. But I've had, I've had rougher weeks. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we are going to talk about the next game on the Chiefs' schedule. That is right, guys. It is, uh, I think, without question, the biggest game of the season for not only the Chiefs and Ravens, but probably for the NFL. This is going to be a very pivotal game, and I cannot wait to unpack this one. So strap in and get ready, guys, because we're going to give you guys our thoughts on the Chiefs and Ravens Monday Night Football matchup. We'll get back to that after this. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number four. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KCPN studios with my guy, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? We actually have uh, lost a Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo for the night. It is the price we pay when we have a, a college student in our, uh, in our uh, I guess you would say, our team, our scholar. crew. In True scholar. Ranks. In the ranks, yeah. But nevertheless, my guy has to attend what he must attend, so we respect that. But we're going to give you guys our thoughts, Twidwell style, if you will, with the Chiefs and Ravens game that is coming up. And uh, I left the last segment off where exactly I want to start back on. It's uh, I think this is going to be the biggest game of the season for, for multiple reasons. One, the talent in itself. Uh, these two teams are the most talented rosters in football, healthy at least, with, with the 49ers considered. Yeah. But the most talented teams by far in the AFC. And... Um, it's hard to find these types of matchups. It's it's hard to get these types of matchups because most of the time you'll have two of the best, most talented teams that just happen to not be on each other's schedules that year. This doesn't happen very often. Last time this happened, ironically, was when the Rams and Chiefs played on Monday Night Football two years ago. And to most people, that was one of the greatest games we've ever witnessed. And that was also on Monday Night Football. Right. So there are a lot of expectations uh, when it comes to this game as far as the excitement factor, when it comes to what this game's going to mean. And that's actually where I'm more at. Because I've come to a place with the Chiefs that, although I love the excitement that Patrick Mahomes in this offense can and usually does bring, for me, I'm just looking for a W against a very tough and worthy opponent. And in this type of situation, as we've talked about, now that the rules have changed and there is only one bye that each conference gets for the playoffs... Games like this are even more pivotal for teams like the Chiefs and the Ravens. Furthermore, the Ravens, the pressure, believe it or not, is on them coming into this game. I know the Chiefs have the target on their back as the Super Bowl, you know, defending Super Bowl champs. So there's pressure on them uh, in, in that alone. But in this game, a lot like the Texans, believe it or not, the Chiefs are in their head, the Ravens. And the reason why I can say that confidently is because we've heard them nonstop all offseason and going into this game. The Ravens have talked about the Chiefs because they know they're the one standing block ahead of them besides their own mistakes in the playoffs. We can talk about that for another time. But when it comes to a tangible opponent, there is nobody else outside of the Chiefs that, that stands in the way of anybody in the AFC. And the Ravens know, Lamar Jackson knows in particularly, 
This is the game that they've marked on their calendar. They have to win. Because if you look at the rest of the Ravens' schedule, and if you look at the Chiefs' schedule after the Bills' game coming up in a few weeks, their schedule gets light as hell. So the Chiefs aren't going to be losing a lot of games this year. And the Ravens aren't either, especially when they only have 6,000 miles total in traveling this year when they face the AFC East. There's a, lot, there's a lot to take away from this game for the Ravens. There's a lot. I feel like there's more to lose for them because of their playoff woes. So this game, by far, whether it's going to be exciting or not, is going to be the game of the year for the Ravens and, quite frankly, for the Chiefs. And that is why I expect a more focused bunch out of the Chiefs. Because furthermore, I have a hard time believing we're going to see the Chiefs struggle offensively or not look as exciting as fun three straight weeks Since Patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback of this team, that has never happened. I don't expect it to happen. And again, I know the Ravens have a tough defense. They have a good defense. I don't think it's a great defense. I think it's just a very good defense. And I I expect the Chiefs to move the ball this week, and I think you're going to see a very focused bunch. Trevor, how do you expect this game to go? Yeah, I mean, this is is Clash of the Titans right now, especially in in the AFC. Um, The pressure should definitely be uh, on the Ravens because they're the team that still has something to prove. They ha- I mean, they have an identity, but they haven't solidified that identity yet because they, they, it hasn't shown itself, you know, in the postseason as far as success. I mean, they've had good seasons. But similar to the way the, 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 the Chargers play us, we play the Ravens really well. We've come out on top every single time we've played Lamar Jackson. Um, so that we have that in our pocket, too. They have to overcome that as well. Not just their playoff woes, but their woes against the Chiefs. So obviously, you, like you said, we're in their head. Um, and us... All we got to do is just come out and be ourself, right. you know. And and I, like as I alluded to earlier in the show, I fully expect Andy Reid to pull out some some trickery. I fully expect, especially once we get in the red zone, I expect to see even maybe some new plays we haven't seen, you know, this season compared to last year. Like like just similar. I think this is kind of flip flop to how you know we would anticipate those Patriots games, you know, Belichick and and, and Reid, which those will should, should still be games, good games with Cam at the at the helm right now. But this, I think that's kind of more transition towards Baltimore right now because of the young star that is Lamar Jackson and this young, the young squad that is there. Um, so I think this could be the new you know Brady Manning uh, matchup that they wanted Deshaun to be. I think it might be more Lamar. Um, so I, I do fully expect um, a less vanilla offense that we've been seeing these first two weeks of the year. We played pretty monotone as far as nothing truly exciting. Um, but I think this is a game where Mahomes gets Mahomes gets up on. Um, we go. We I fully expect us to jump out on top early. Um, we got we got it. We got to score on every possession as much as you know. We got to try to score on every possession as much as possible. We can't pace this game like we did with the Chargers. We can't let it come down to the wire because this is not a team we want to come down to the wire with, regardless if we have the best quarterback in the league or not, and we have a full trust in him. I'd rather not be in that tight tight situation with this very talented team that we're coming up against. Um, who is very motivated to beat us and get over that hump. Uh, similar to, like I said, how we were against the Patriots. We finally got over that hump. Mahomes, you know, just like we were against the Steelers and the Patriots, Mahomes came in there and changed the history of all that. He made new history. You know, he beat the Patriots and he beat the Steelers, got those teams that were always beating us throughout history. Um, so I feel like this is, we are becoming that team for the Ravens. So the, the duel here, the, the matchup is juicy, similar to it was like with the, like the Rams game a couple years back. Um, it should be a very entertaining game. Um, I'm expecting high scoring because I don't think either defense is really going to be able to slow down. Even though we have, like I said, we played Lamar well, but I think that this he's becoming a better passer of the football. Um, and he's showing that already this year. They've been blowing people out. Um, 
so I mean, like I said, man, I think this is going to be there's going to be a lot of points scored. Yeah, but we got to we got to stay we got to keep the pace and you know uh, I got to try to score early, score fast, get a little bit of a lead, you know, because I know they're going to be bouncing right back and forth. They're going to want to try to establish the run against our defense, and obviously, our defense and our linebacker core is having Mike Pinnell back is going to be helpful with the middle. But this is a very this is a different type of running scheme. They like to bounce outside and they have speed, not only with Lamar Jackson, but their running backs. Uh, you know, Mark Ingram is, will eat us up if we allow it. Um, so we got to really be on our P's and Q's defensively. Um, I'm not worried about our offense. Like I said, I think our offense is going to do well, and I expect Baltimore's offense to do well because our defense hasn't shown to really stop the run, and that's what their offense is based around. So really it's about us scoring every chance we have, every, taking advantage of every possession, not letting a possession just go with the wind, uh, take advantage of every possession. And it's going to be a competitive game, and it's, this is a hard one to judge. I don't expect us to come out here and just simply be the better team. It's – it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle uh, because of the fact that it's it's so early in the season, and 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 if we know anything about the Ravens, they are a regular season champion. Mm. They they play very they play their best during the regular season, and then they turn into a frog or a pumpkin rather <laughs> uh, in, in, in the in the playoffs. But we'll talk about that as the season progresses. Yeah. In this particular matchup. You know, I, I hate the whole, like, keys to victory conversation. I, 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 do, I do because I feel like it's very fundamental. Yeah, the bullet uh, points. Yeah, yeah. I've never liked those. I, I feel like those that's just, that's just, ta- that's just jar- like, stuff you say before a game to kill time. Yeah. But if I had – I'm going to simplify this. I, I, I don't think this matchup is going to be difficult as far as the details of what the Chiefs need to do and what they need to get out of the Ravens, if you will. Because – as I stated before, and as you stated just a minute ago, it's hard for me to imagine that the Chiefs are going to start off slow mm. three straight weeks. we got to be aggressive out the gate. Especially yeah. knowing the magnitude of this game for the duration of the season and yeah. trying to get that one seed. So I, I have to believe the Chiefs are going to start and execute offensively early, even if they don't get the ball or not to start the game off. The Ravens are, although they're so damn good, and Lamar Jackson is so damn good, they are a completely different team when they're trailing. Yeah. And the Chiefs have already shown that they are equally as great when they're leading or trailing. So the Chiefs already have the advantage in that regard. Yeah. And I think that's where this is going to come down to, is that the Chiefs, if they go up 7, 10, 14 points, you're going to see the Ravens unravel. I get that Lamar has become a better passer of the ball. But his strength is and will always be his legs. Yeah. He will always be a better runner than passer, no matter how good he gets at passing, because he's just not a naturally born great passer of the ball. That's just who he... He's not that. He's just a great athlete. And that's why I don't believe he's the future of this league, to be honest. I don't mm. think it's going to be him and Mahomes. I think he's going to have a five to six, seven year really good stretch, but it's not going to be the same pace as Patrick. I think it's going to be more of a Deshaun Watson or a guy we haven't seen yet. The only reason I say that... For Lamar right now, because he's in a much better spot than Absolutely. Deshaun is. So it could be four years until Deshaun's actually finding success. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So I think fair right enough. now, that, that's fair. The, the rivalry I think right now should be Lamar because Lamar is going to be competitive. Now, I will say this. The reason why I feel so good about this game, and, and I'm going to be, I mean, I've been, I've been scouring mm. all over national radio, uh, local radio, uh, no, TV. Yeah. Everyone's picking the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. absurd. It's and absurd. Now, it's not, I don't think it's wrong to pick them because they, they are a really good team. Right. The reason why I know the Chiefs are going to win this game is because of the fact that they get something out of Lamar Jackson that no one else has except the Browns one time. Okay? Yeah. 
Let me explain this to you guys. I'm going to pull up my chair because I'm ready for this one. Okay, I've been waiting all night for this one. Lamar Jackson has only lost three regular season games in his career. Okay? Two of those have come against the Chiefs. There's a reason for that. Because the Chiefs have forced him to pass the ball. Yep. Okay? And again... Especially he, towards the outside. Yeah, outside even, if the he's, even if he's become a better passer, he's not a great passer. He's right. not. He's just not a great passer at all. We saw Mark Andrews wide open in the end zone against the Browns. He almost overthrew him. Yeah. It was a six-yard pass. Okay? Right. Okay, furthermore, in his three losses of his career, Lamar Jackson averages 34 pass attempts a game. In every other game that he's won, 17 pass attempts in those games, mm-hmm. which means they controlled the game. Right. You're not doing that against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, because okay? you, you have to keep up with our scoring. Right. 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 Um, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the losses in the playoffs, or I'm sorry, in the, in the two games against the Chiefs, I apologize. In mm. the two games against the Chiefs, guess how many pass attempts he averages? 34. Mm. It is right dead down in the even middle. The Chiefs have created this with Lamar. I, I'm surprised more teams haven't tried this. And you saw the Titans do This is why I was yeah. so confident in the Titans doing because the Titans were going to get that early jump and force Lamar. Well, the Titans to, beat them at their own game. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they forced Lamar's bottom half of they his body out of the game. Yeah, They did not allow him to dictate pace. Right. They did that with Derrick John Henry. Yeah. The Chiefs don't have Derrick Henry, but what they do have is an offense that can beat you at all angles and all positions. Well, and I will say, too, the reason why we're the kryptonite to this Ravens defense especially is because they play strictly man, right? And they play not only man, they have one of my most beloved players in the league who I miss dearly, Marcus Peters, who loves to leave his assignment. And you can't take that risk against Patrick Mahomes, especially now that he's getting better against reading defenses. And if he, if he looks off Marcus Peters, which he did last game, last time he played them, He's gonna make. He's gonna burn you. Yeah. So I fully expect. I mean, the Ravens. All they they play strictly man, and they're great at it against most teams. But this specific offense with the speed that we have is a nightmare for man. So good luck. I mean, this is this is why the recipe for our offense is just a nightmare for that defense. Here's the other thing. I, I and, and and the Ravens have the home field advantage, quote unquote. Yeah. I think there's gonna be less than fourteen thousand fans gonna be in attendance if yeah. that. I think they're having a lot of friends and family so, allowed. So there's there no too. real factor yeah. as far as that's concerned, right? Yeah. The Chiefs just got tested on the road against a divisional opponent. They survived it. That woke them up. Offensive line, defensive line. They're getting guys back on yep. the defensive side with Mike Pinnell. Shavari yeah. Sword's going to give it a go. And uh, uh, Frank Clark will be hydrated, hopefully. Then, yeah, yeah. Brought to you by Gatorade, for Christ's sake. Okay. <laughs> We're going to need him well, out there. First of all, that's a really good plug for recovery hydration therapy, mm. by the way. Perfect opportunity. Because, like, now we know. Shout out. Like, they just, they could have said up. the day. So Bless up. Don't be gross and hungover and dehydrated. I'm not saying he was hungover. I'm just saying. <laughs> but if he was to ever, you know, get dehydrated again, hit up, hit up our people at recovery right. hydration. Electrolytes, Like, buddy. if I have that connection, he should have that connection. Absolutely. Come on, Frank. You're better than that. Shark, sharks drink too, right? Listen, listen. There, there, there's a player that is not getting enough recognition in this because, Trevor, you, you basically led me right into my point about the man coverage. Yeah. Who is the biggest home run hitters? And I say hitters plural. I should have said players in this position. The two biggest home run hitters in this offense, Tyree Kill and McCole Hardman. Mm-hmm. Now, I know everybody's like, whoa, we're talking about Travis Kelsey. Listen. Travis Kelsey can go out there and have 10 receptions in this game. Yeah. I'm not saying he's not going to because he's been eating so far he, all season. Yeah, he should have another 15 receptions already this season. Yeah. Okay? The safeties aren't going to be able to contain Right. McCole Hardman diced this defense up as a rookie last season. Abs- they had no chance of guarding this kid. Brandon, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to suck if we don't have Sammy out there. Sure. Yet, but. Absolutely. I'm not going to say that it's not. You know what Tyreek Hill's 
prime time numbers are in his career. 105 receptions and 15 touchdowns. He kills the Ravens. In dude. 16 primetime games. Because you can't man up Tyreek. You just can't. Think about you that have for to a bracket second. Him. In a full yeah. season of primetime games, Tyreek Hill has all pro numbers. Yeah. He has Megatron numbers. 105 Shit, receptions he was even hobbled. and 16 receptions and 15, last time receptions, 15 touchdowns. Yes. yes. That's my point. We didn't have Tyreek Hill last season against the Ravens. Oh, that's right. He was out with he, the, the shoulder the injury against the Jaguars. Guess yeah. who else we didn't have in that game? Eric Fisher. Yeah. Who just had one of his worst games in recent memory. So you know he's going to go out there and try and prove himself. Yeah. Osimile is back. Yeah, I know. Seriously. Osimile is not going to have four penalties this week. I expect more of week one Osimile. Yeah. Where he's pancaking fools. Yeah. Man, I know the Ravens are scary. The Chiefs are scarier. Yeah, yeah. They're not. Look, man. Again, the Ravens can go out there and dictate and have 250 rushing yards. They did that against the Chiefs before. But they also made Lamar throw late in the game. Mm-hmm. And I expect the Chiefs to do that because now the Chiefs are averaging 30 points a game over the last two matchups against the Ravens with Damian Williams and old Deshaun McCoy as the running backs. Yeah. They have Clyde Edwards Hilaire now, to get boy. To that. Yeah. That's yeah. my point. This team is averaging 30 points against this defense. Uh, dare I say better Ravens defenses of the last couple of years than they yeah. are right now, losing Earl Thomas. Yeah. You're relying on a 37-year-old Calais Campbell to be up for pressure. Their other starting DB is out this week, too. I forget his name. Uh, yeah, a cornerback. Yeah, he's, yeah, a, he's yeah. Their, their number one cornerback outside right. of Marcus Peters. Right. Um, but, yeah, Clyde, and the point of Clyde, which I was expecting when we, when we pre- previewed the, the Chargers game, I, I, I made it a point to say I, I was ex- fully expecting them to get Clyde more involved in the passing game, which didn't happen, right? This is what I'm saying. This is leading into this biggest matchup of the year. This is why I fully expect – some trickery, some more, you know, passing to the running back. Because we haven't seen much of the passing. That's that's a prime part of this offense with Andy Reid's West Coast offense. So I'm expecting, you know, some 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 wheel routes, some short slants to Clyde, getting them in space. I think Clyde's gonna have a field day. I really, really do. I think I think Clyde's gonna have this is his biggest game of the year so far against this defense. Well, and here's the other thing on the defensive side, which I I'm not concerned about, but if we need to focus on one side of the ball, it needs to be on the defensive side for the Chiefs because yeah. obviously you made great points about we the linebackers. We're gonna have to because hey, I don't trust our defense yet. This is when Willie Gay has to play. I, I don't care what the Chiefs are trying to tell us or tr- not trying to tell yeah. us. His his lateral speed. He is huge. has to play in this game. Yeah. He needs to get forty to fifty snaps in this game. Yeah. This is the time you took this kid in the second round. Yeah. You've not had a week three. It's ready to go. You've not had a star at linebacker in the middle of the field since Derek Johnson, yeah. and that Derek Johnson wasn't good in 2017. Mm-hmm. He was great in 2016 and 2015. You haven't himself. had you haven't had that guy in five plus seasons, right? Willie Gay, you take him in the second round. Many people had better numbers on this guy out of the draft than Patrick Queen. Who ironically, yeah. is on the other side. Yeah, who's been struggling this, this year? This is the time for Willie Gay to have a breakout party, right? Yeah. Okay. So on the defensive side, I think Spags is going to take the same approach he took last year against the Ravens when he forced uh, uh, Lamar Jackson to throw on the outside of the field, like we were talking about. Yeah. If it wasn't for that prayer to Sneed when when Shaverius Ward just read that ball horribly, yeah. that game doesn't look as close as it did last year. I think it was 33-28. Yeah, I think that, that, deep, that, that, that arm punt that was yes. to Snead. Yeah. The Chiefs from wire to wire owned that game. I yeah. think they were up at 1.20-3. Yeah. That game was not close. I expect a very similar game because, as we've seen, if, 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 I know this is not the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. It isn't. We're not even close to the playoffs yet. Yeah. This is the closest that the, the Ravens will get to the playoffs this season against an opponent. What have we seen Lamar Jackson do in the playoffs? 
He crumbles. Yeah, prime time. What have we seen him do against the Chiefs? Yeah. He crumbles. Why? Please, I, I would love somebody to tell me, because I've yet to hear it. I've yet to hear a legitimate reason as to why I'm supposed to believe that all of a sudden Lamar Jackson is just going to change his ways, even though he's the exact same player. He didn't change his game. He didn't change his game. As last I checked, he's still a run-first quarterback. Yeah. So why am I supposed to believe this guy is all of a sudden going to go out there and dominate the Chiefs, who have only gotten better? How am I supposed to believe that? Uh, maybe you have it, Trevor. I, I, I don't have that answer. I would love for somebody to tell me why. There's no reason. I mean, there's no reason to believe that. Uh, and really, frankly, honestly, with the, what this the, from the defensive aspect, with the, what it comes down to, to, to defending and, and, and limiting this Ravens offense is – don't let the running the running game eat you alive. You can allow them to run the ball and efficiently if you want to, as long as we're scoring our points and, and putting the pressure on them every time and having them chasing us, which we've done every single time we've played them. We've we've been in the lead for the most the majority of the game, if not the entire game. Forcing him to throw on the outside, bracketing, taking away really the only weapon in the passing game he's really been targeting in, in Mark Andrews. You take him away, which I fully uh, expect our safeties to be on on their p's and q's, watching Andrews, especially in the red zone if they get there. Um, taking that away and, and forcing and, 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 and keeping Lamar inside the pocket, or at least, you know, having guys in the bubbles there, in the flat, watching him, you know, not letting him break area on the outside on his runs, his design runs, and making forcing him to throw it to the sticks. I mean, uh, to the outside lines. I just, this is why it's really I that said, simple. This is why I've been saying all along that the Chiefs are the only true Super Bowl contenders in the AFC. Because on paper, the Ravens match up with them yeah. in talent. Yeah, the Ravens okay. have proven otherwise. During regular seasons, we saw it last year. 14-2, you have the MVP quarterback. But when it matters, when it comes to matchups against pristine teams, when it comes against playoff, Super Bowl contending teams, yeah. and there's also what did thing, the Ravens do? And there's also something that we haven't even touched on yet, and it's Andy Reid against his coaching tree. He's won four straight games against John he, Harbaugh. Yeah, not just that, not even just Har- Harbaugh. I mean, against almost everybody that's in his tree that's came from him. It's it you know I mean it's sim- it's similar to Belichick. Belichick usually beats the guys that you know he that came from his his tree because they know they know each other so well. But Andy Reid's obviously the mastermind that they, they come from. So yeah, he has the always has the upper hand. Shit, even Andy Reid has the upper hand against Belichick most of the time. You know, so I just think that's a bigger factor that we're letting on too. Because, yeah. and, and it's shown every single time we play the Ravens, regardless of how talented they are, regardless if it's you know Lamar from last year to him improving this year as a passer. I don't. I, I fully expect the Chiefs to win this game, but I think it's going to be a very intense, high-scoring game because I think, I think we're going to have to jump out and, like I said, put, put that. hopefully we get the ball first, we can score first and kind of build on that momentum. But even, even if the Ravens score first, I, I expect us to score quickly. I really do. I expect, I expect it with that man defense, I think our speed, even if, if Sammy Watkins is gone after the game, I think that gives, like you've been pushing for, McColl to get more of an opportunity in this offense. And I think he'll thrive, and he, he he's thrived, obviously, obviously against him in the past. That speed is just going to be too much for, for the, that defense playing man. I think this is the type of game that this, the, the strengths of the Ravens will show they're not good enough more than the weaknesses of the Chiefs will show they're, they're bad enough, yeah. if that makes sense. like I think this game is going to be, once again, a, re, a repeat of what we've seen in their last two matchups. Yes, the first game was very close. But we forget that was also Patrick Mahomes' first season as a starting quarterback, too. And we forget that, again, this offense was not nearly as talented as it, what it is right now. And that's what's so frustrating about this Chiefs offense is, just like last week, the opposition can, can completely own the clock, completely own the running game, be the overall overwhelming 
owner of the clock during the game and the time of possession and keeping Patrick off the home Patrick Mahomes off the field, then still get you know still lose by double digits because we'll go out there and score like that. That's what I that's what I think is going to happen. I think the Ravens, like the Chargers, are going to own. They're going to run the ball efficiently. I fully expect them to. They might be the best rushing team in the NFL right now with their running back and the combo there. They can run the ball efficiently. You know, own the clock. You know, have multiple red zone trips. You know, settle for field goals. I, I'm fully expecting us to tighten up in the red zone like we normally do. Um, they can own the clock and run the ball really, really well. And we'll go out there and score in seven to ten plays. You know, in a matter of two minutes, three minutes. You know, so that that's the most infuriating thing I think for for most <laughs> teams facing this offense. They can they, they know they can keep Mahomes off the field. The best option is to try to keep up with our scoring. Right. Because it doesn't matter. It's it's Mahomes going to go out there and do what he does. So, good luck to that in that man coverage. That's all I got to say. If, if the Ravens were to beat a Chiefs team, it would already have happened. I'm just going to say that right now. I'm I am I maybe we're the only ones here in, in media that feels confident about yeah. the Chiefs. Even I, Nick, Wright, the guy I love and respect, yeah. expects the Ravens to cover that three and a half. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. It will. I expect that too. I'm not I'm afraid of Hollywood Brown game. and Mark Andrews. I'm, I'm just, just not. I'm just saying that when it comes, if it's high-scoring. And you're going against a run-first offense. Yeah, I feel very good about our chances. That's literally what we just played last. I feel week. very good about our chances because if you notice, like I said, Chiefs averaged 30 points a game against the Ravens over the last two years. And what happens? Yeah. Lamar's throwing the ball over 34 times a game. Right. You're not winning when Lamar's throwing the ball 34 times. I mean, you're playing. You're playing a single high safety with man on the outside right. with Tyreek and McCall Hardman. Good luck, man. Good like, luck. You, you got to bracket Tyreek in order to, to, to take the top off. Right. Look, Tyreek's gonna eat. Just, I'm just book it. Tyreek is gonna eat. He's gonna have his best game so far, and I fully, I, I expect him and Clyde to have their both of their best games of the year so far. Can't wait. I can't Monday wait. night football, guys. Hope you guys are ready for it. Cause God, I know I am. I've been waiting for this game all off season long. Cause to me, if I'm gonna be honest, no disrespect to the Chargers and Texans, I think this is when the season starts for the Chiefs. I, I had both yeah. of those games in the bag. I know yeah. the Chargers game was closer than most of us would be comfortable Reed's with. Gonna break it out. I think this is when the season starts for the Chiefs. You're gonna see the Chiefs. On national television, show you why. Because, you know, Russell Wilson's getting his praise, which he absolutely deserves. Lamar's getting his praise, which he absolutely deserves. Patrick Mahomes is going to show you guys why he is the best player on this planet on Monday Night Football. Mark that shit down. I hope you guys are ready. I know I am. So we're going to get out of this one, guys. I hope if you guys have any questions or you guys want to add to this, hit us up on the stream. Hit us up on Facebook, on The Spoken, or on Twitter, The Spoken Pod. In the meantime, we're going to take a quick break because we're going to get to you guys. We're going to the Monday Mailbag. We'll get back to that after this. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. I can't believe I get to sing this song. It is time to hold this L. Each and every week, what we like to do is we like to hand out some friendly or not so friendly L's in the world of sports. Regardless if they're friendly or unfriendly, I promise you, the team or the player that we give it to absolutely deserves it. So. Yeah, do you have an L that you'd like to give out, or at least a tangent that you'd like to go off of tonight? There are so many things that I kind of want to give an L to in general, um, just because I don't want to stress myself out over this shit. Uh, I'm going to just say, I'd like to give an L to cancer. 
There's a lot of people out there that uh, have been fighting a lot of fights. I know my really good friend Isaac um, over at Uproxx is still going through his stuff, and he just reached out to say congrats, and I'm like, I wish I could say the same. You know, it's like I wish I could say the same for everybody else. So I think cancer is going to get a swift kick in the ass this year. There's a lot of medical advancements going on, so I feel like, I don't know, I have a good feeling about this. So I hope everyone is uh, staying well and taking care of themselves, and so I just want to give a big L to all the fuck shit that's coming at people and hope it all goes away for them. Oh so. yeah! So cancer, do us a favor and hold, hold this L. L. You fucking suck, Trevor. Who's holding L for you this week? I'm gonna give a W, man. I'm gonna bring some positivity to this podcast. Um, he's been in the stars for one night, you guys, and dude. he is—he's just having the time of his yeah. life. Trevor gives the most depressing L's ever. So for this, it's a <laughs> right? W in itself that he's not giving a depressing L. This is a miracle. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't. I couldn't not touch on this. I, I wanted to give some attention to it because it's it's well deserved, um, and it's also. To one of the goats, not my goat, but Michael Jordan. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the news. It was, it was, it's a really cool story. He purchased a spot in NASCAR for next year. Um, and uh, obviously, there's not a lot of uh, black ownership in NASCAR. It's not you know, a very diverse sport. Um, but he not only purchased a spot to create a Jordan NASCAR team, he's, he's leading it up. With Bubba Wallace, the, I think he's the sole African American or yep. he's person of color he's in NASCAR. Brother, yeah, yeah. yeah, and and I, and I, the, the timing of it to me was what was so special to me because of all the controversy that was going on this past year with NASCAR, with Bubba Wallace, with the news incident, whether it was a news or whether it was it whether whether someone did it or not intentionally. Regardless, um, that story happened. That controversy was there, and I feel like MJ kind of swooped in and kind of like. Picked him, picked up Bubba Wallace, Bubba Wallace, because he's gonna. Because honestly, this could have went two ways. Bubba Wallace could just fell, his career could have fell apart and went to the shadows. But no, MJ didn't allow that. MJ being, you know, a hero, like a heroic act in a way. One of the biggest brands, if not the biggest brand in sports, outside of Adidas, Nike, and maybe Under Armour, Jordan brand is right up there with the top dogs. And to and to dive into NASCAR with the Jordan brand and using his name and grabbing Bubba Wallace by the hand and walking him in and making him his front runner guy, I just I gained so much more. I've been gaining so much respect for MJ these past few months during the you know what he's done for the community and you know uh, you know using his voice and his the pedestal that he's on uh, with with being in ownership in ownership with the M- NBA and now being in ownership and, and 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 pushing a new team into NASCAR and delving into the an unknown territory for him. You know, I just thought it was a, such a cool story and him, you know, making Bubba Wallace that guy and honestly maybe helping Bubba Wallace's career moving forward for the rest of his career, a young career who can make still become a very good, you know, productive racer. I'm not a NASCAR guy, but I just loved the story and the the, the notion yeah. of MJ to go. Because honestly, NASCAR's below MJ and he knows that. We all know that. He doesn't have to do that. Yeah. But I think he felt the need to kind of come in there and, and help a young guy out that went through a, a major controversy and, and a. And a <laughs> a predominantly white uh, uh, sport, so I just, that story was so cool. So uh, I'm gonna say hold a dub. I guess we can say hold yeah, a dub. Yeah. Um, so MJ for the, the 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 kindness and the and the you delving into the unknown and you know making a, a reach here for this young race car driver and the sole person of color in the and that in the NASCAR uh, realm. Uh, you have to do me a big favor and hold this dub. I, like I love the story, man. I had a touch on good it. Good optics on MJ's yeah. part for sure, man. Yeah. And, and, Look at you two growth. Oh, I know, right? 
Trying to be There's positive. a mystery out there. There's a lie. We love Michael. I love Michael Jordan. LeBron's just a better <laughs> basketball player. That's why I said uh, not my goat. It's whatever. You know, life isn't fair. I think we all can agree to that um, at certain magnitudes. I mean, Gat just talked about something pretty damn severe. I'm going to bring it down to a much lighter uh, version of the unfair parts of life. Uh, we, we've seen countless athletes throughout our lives um, that we've loved or despised, but, but mostly loved. I, 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 even the guys that have never played for the Chiefs or teams that I love, um, we've always loved them from afar. And some of them are not really that good. It's just because they have charisma and pizzazz and they got a great personality and it's just so hard to like not love these guys. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick is one hundred percent one of those guys. <laughs> I remember he uh he came into the league, I think the I think it was either the Rams. I think the Rams drafted him originally. He was out of Harvard. No one expected anything out of him. He was the first quarterback to ever win a game out of Harvard, I think ever, uh, in 06. I was yep. a junior in high school, I think, at the time. And I never thought anything of it, but here I am now as a 32-year-old man, and this dude's still out here making starts in the NFL in front of a quarterback that I do believe is going to be a star in this league, and he continues to find himself in places like this, and he always takes it in stride. You've never once heard a controversy about Ryan Fitzpatrick in the locker room. You've never once heard him talk about bad about teammates. You've never seen him get kicked off of teams. You've never heard one negative thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick, so much so then it almost pisses me off that he's not better. Like, he's not... His talent doesn't match his charisma and his 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 his, his, his swag, his, his love for the game. So you know what I'm giving an L to tonight? Mother Nature, damn it. Because that woman should have given this man more talent. Because if he could have gotten more talent, this dude would be one of the greatest players in the history of the NFL. If he can match his talent with his swag, we're talking about... Joe Namath, if he was actually good at football. I really hope he becomes a coach someday. Oh, man, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, dude. I love uh, this yeah. guy him so much. I would love to see him on the Anthony sidelines. Sherman. Yes! Can you just like, imagine him as a coach? coach like, you yes! imagine his beard's graded out, his chest here's graded, and he's it, wearing, like, a cutting sweatshirt. Imagine if he was, a, like, a 4,500-yard, 30-touchdown quarterback. Like, yeah. imagine if he was that guy with this personality. He'd be larger than life. He'd have every endorsement. He'd be loved by all fans. Unfortunately, he's just not great. Like, he'll have a four-touchdown game, and then he'll have a five-interception game the next week because he's just not good enough. So as oddly as it sounds, I'm giving it to the one that actually gave life to all of us, but unfortunately she screwed us out of an opportunity to praise a potentially great player, Mother Nature. So Mother Nature, do us a favor and hold this out. I can't believe you just... Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, but she gives me no choice. I love Mother Nature. She gives me a lot of great things in this life. But Ryan Fitzpatrick could have been so much greater. It just—it's well, I mean, so think disappointing. He's probably just getting too much pussy. <laughs> Maybe you know. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's getting worn out before the game. Pretty sure he's married. But yeah. They say no sex before games or matches. Yeah, Giselle flat out like Tom Brady came out and said that no, Giselle and I do not. I'm like that's so. Uh, cool. I don't want to know this. Uh, no tomatoes and no sex. Uh, Avocado sex with them. That's yucky. <laughs> well, episode eighty three was a blast. Uh, thanks to all you guys, and um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention it one more time. We are obviously so glad about the great news from Gat. Uh, it, it it means a lot to us yeah. because you mean Thank a lot to us. And uh, yeah, that's I, like I said, I was not worried. I knew everything was going to be okay, but once I heard the news and I saw the post. Obviously, my my heart jumped because I know that's great news for her, and and it's great news for everybody. So, um, and and I don't know if people can still vote for you or not on the. Oh yeah, I'm still up for um, uh, best local personality on the pitch, Kansas City. So we're doing an episode Monday 
on KCPN yeah. talking about recovery hydration, actually. So Dr. Leach is on there. Uh, we're at Taps on Main, so that was uh, filmed on my half birthday, so we're going to get around to that. Uh, we've just been so busy here, so it's kind of nice. Yeah, we've got a lot of great. stuff coming out. So it's been great. That everybody's been enjoying it, and thank you guys for continuing to let me work behind the scenes and create the magic. Absolutely. We, we, wouldn't, sure. we wouldn't want to do it without you at this point. Um, and we got new shows coming up, guys, too, so subscribe to our YouTube page at KCP and Kansas City Podcast Network. Hit us up on all YouTube or uh, podcast platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You literally can't go anywhere without finding us on there. So, guys, hit us up. You'll see all different types of shows, not just sports shows. If, if sports aren't necessarily your thing, if maybe it is, but it's not your ultimate thing. You might be more passionate about something else in life. Guys, we have shows for you. I'm telling you, man. You, you definitely want to subscribe to what we got going for you, and it's only going to get better from here because as life starts to get a little bit more normal, if you want to call it that, we're going to give you more opportunities to, to enjoy content that we will be providing you on a weekly basis. So in that, in that, Episode 83 is wrapped up. I will not take any more of your guys' time. We've already taken up enough of your Friday night or whatever night you decide to listen to this episode. Regardless, live streamers, YouTubers, podcasters, you guys are the absolute best. Thank you so much for everything, contributing to the Monday Mailbag and just being here with us. I hope that we give you sort of some sort of solace, some sort of peace in this life because we know how crazy it can get out there in this world. So for Gat, for Eddie Ortiz, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo, for Trevor Twidwell, for all of our guests, for everybody that contributes to this, I am Lance Twidwell. Here inside the KCPN studios, letting you know that episode 83 of the Spoken Podcast is done, complete, finito, we out of this bitch. See you guys next week. Later. It is time to hold this L. Each and every week, what we like to do is we like to hand out some friendly or not-so-friendly Ls in the world of sports. Regardless of they're friendly or unfriendly, I promise you... The team or the player that we give it to absolutely deserves it. So, Gat, do you have an L that you'd like to give out or at least a tangent that you'd like to go off of tonight? There are so many things that I kind of want to give an L to in general um, just because I don't want to stress myself out over this shit. Uh, I'm going to just say I'd like to give an L to cancer. There's a lot of people out there that uh, have been fighting a lot of fights. I know my really good friend Isaac um, over at Uproxx is still going through his stuff, and he just reached out to say congrats, and I'm like, I wish I could say the same. You know, It's like I wish I could say the same for everybody else. So I think cancer is going to get a swift kick in the ass this year. There's a lot of medical advancements going on, so I feel like, I don't know, I have a good feeling about this. So I hope everyone is uh, staying well and taking care of themselves, and so just want to give a big L to all the fuck shit that's coming at people and hope it all goes away for them soon. So. Hell yeah. So cancer, do us a favor and hold, hold this L. L. You fucking suck. Trevor, who's holding L for you this week? I'm going to give a W, man. I'm going to bring some positivity to this podcast. Um, he's been in the stars for one night, you guys, and Dude. he is he's just having the time of his yeah. life. Trevor gives the most depressing Ls ever, so for this, it's a <laughs> right? W in itself that he's not giving a depressing L. This is a miracle. Yeah, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't not touch on this. I, I wanted to give some attention to it because it's, it's well-deserved, um, and it's also to one of the goats. Not my goat, but Michael Jordan. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the news. It was, it was, it's a really cool story. He purchased a spot in NASCAR for next year. Um, and uh, obviously, there's not a lot of uh, black ownership in NASCAR. It's not you know, a very diverse sport. Um, but he not only purchased a spot to create a Jordan NASCAR team, he's, he's leading it up with Bubba Wallace. The, I think he's the sole African-American or... Yep. 
He's person of brother. color He's in NASCAR. Yeah. 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 And, and, I, and I, the, the timing of it to me was what was so special to me because of all the controversy that was going on this past year with NASCAR, with Bubba Wallace, with the news incident, whether it was a news or whether it was, it was whether someone did it or not intentionally, regardless, um, that story happened, that controversy was there. And I feel like MJ kind of swooped in and kind of like picked him, picked up Bubba Wallace, Bubba Wallace. Cause he's going to, cause honestly this could have went two ways. Bubba Wallace could just fell His career could have fell apart and went to the shadows but no, MJ didn't allow that. MJ being, you know, a hero, like a heroic act in a way. One of the biggest brands, if not the biggest brand in sports, outside of Adidas, Nike, and maybe Under Armour, Jordan brand is right up there with the top dogs. And to duck, and to dive into NASCAR with the Jordan brand and using his name and grabbing Bubba Wallace by the hand and walking him in and making him his front runner guy, I just I gained so much more. I've been gaining so much respect for MJ these past few months during the you know what he's done for the community and you know. Uh, you know, using his voice and his the pedestal that he's on uh, with with being in ownership in ownership with the M- NBA and now being in ownership and, and 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 pushing a new team into NASCAR and delving into the an unknown territory for him. You know, I just thought it was a, such a cool story and him you know making Bubba Wallace that guy and honestly maybe helping Bubba Wallace's career moving forward for the rest of his career, a young career who can make still become a very good you know productive racer. I'm not a NASCAR guy, but I just loved the story and the 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 notion. Of MJ to go because honestly NASCAR's below MJ and he knows that we all know that he doesn't have to do that yeah. but I think he felt the need to kind of come in there and and help a young guy out that went through a, a major controversy and and a, and a, <laughs> a predominantly white uh, uh, sport so I just, that story was so cool so uh, I'm gonna say hold a dub I guess we can say hold yeah, a dub yeah um, so MJ for the 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 kindness and the, and the you delving into the unknown and, you know, making a, a reach here for this young race car driver and the sole person of color in the, and that, in the NASCAR, uh, realm, uh, you have to do me a big favor and hold this dub. I, like I love the story, man. It's I had good, a touch on good it. Good optics on MJ's yeah. part for sure, man. Yeah. And, and it's YouTube growth. Oh, I know, right? Trying to be There's positive. a mystery out there. There's a lie. We love Michael. I love Michael Jordan. LeBron's just a better <laughs> basketball player. That's why I said uh, not Michael. It's what. You know, life isn't fair. I think we all can agree to that um, at certain magnitudes. I mean, Gat just talked about something pretty damn severe. I'm going to bring it down to a much lighter uh, version of the unfair parts of life. Um, we we've seen countless athletes throughout our lives um, that we've loved or despised, but but mostly loved. I, I, I even that guys that never played for the Chiefs or teams that I love, um, we've always loved them from afar. And some of them are not really that good. It's just because they have charisma and pizzazz and they got a great personality. And it's just so hard to like not love these guys. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick is 100% one of those guys. <laughs> I remember he uh, he came to the league. I think the I think it was either the Rams. I think the Rams drafted him originally. He was out of Harvard. No one expected anything out of him. He was the first quarterback to ever win a game out of Harvard, I think, ever uh, in 06. I was yep. a junior in high school, I think, at the time. And I never thought anything of it, but here I am now as a 32-year-old man, and this dude's still out here making starts in the NFL in front of a quarterback that I do believe is going to be a star in this league, and he continues to find himself in places like this. And he always takes it in stride. You've never once heard a controversy about Ryan Fitzpatrick in the locker room. You've never once heard him talk about bad about teammates. You've never seen him get kicked off of teams. You've never heard one negative thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick, so much so that it almost pisses me off that he's not better. 
Like he's not his talent doesn't match his charisma and his 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 his, his swag, his his love for the game. So you know what I'm giving an L2 tonight? Mother nature, damn it. Because that woman should have given this man more talent. Because if he could have gotten more talent, this dude would be one of the greatest players in the history of the NFL. If he can match his talent with his swag, we're talking about Joe Namath if he was actually good at football. I really hope he becomes a coach someday. Oh, man, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, dude. I love oh, this yeah. guy him, so much. I would love to see like him on the Anthony sidelines. Sherman. Yes! Dude, just imagine as a coach. coach like, yes! imagine if his beard's graded out, his chest hair's graded, and he's it, wearing, like, a coated sweatshirt. Imagine if he was, a, like, a 4,500-yard, 30-touchdown quarterback. Like, yeah. imagine if he was that guy with this personality. He'd be larger than life. He'd have every endorsement. He'd be loved by all fans. Unfortunately, he's just not great. Like, he'll have a four-touchdown game, and then he'll have a five-interception game the next week because he's just not good enough. So as oddly as it sounds, I'm giving it to the one that actually gave life to all of us, but unfortunately, she screwed us out of an opportunity to praise a potentially great player, Mother Nature. So Mother Nature, do us a favor and hold this out. I can't believe you just... Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, but she gives me no choice. I love Mother Nature. She gives me a lot of great things in this life. But Ryan Fitzpatrick could have been so much greater. It well, just—it's I mean, so think disappointing. He's probably just getting too much pussy. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. You know what? Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's getting worn out before the game. Pretty sure he's married. But yeah. They say no sex before games or matches. Yeah, Giselle flat out like Tom Brady came out and said that no, Giselle and I do not. I'm like that's so. Uh, cool. I don't want to know this. Uh, no tomatoes and no sex. Uh, Avocado sex with them. That's yucky. <laughs> well, episode eighty three was a blast. Uh, thanks to all you guys, and um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention it one more time. We are obviously so glad about the great news from Gat. Uh, it, it it means a lot to us yeah. because you mean Thank a lot to us. And uh, yeah, that's I, like I said, I was not worried. I knew everything was going to be okay. But once I heard the news and I saw the post, obviously my my heart jumped because I know that's great news for her and and it's great news for everybody. So. Um, and, and I don't know if people can still vote for you or not on the... Oh, yeah. I'm still up for um, uh, Best Local Personality on the pitch, Kansas City. So we're doing an episode Monday on KCPN yeah. talking about recovery hydration, actually. So Dr. Leach is on there. Uh, we're at Taps on Main. So that was uh, filmed on my half birthday. So we're going to get cool. around to that. Uh, we've just been so busy here. So it's kind of nice. Yeah, we've got a lot of great. stuff coming out. So it's been great. That everybody's been enjoying it. And thank you guys for continuing to... Let me work behind the scenes and create the magic. Absolutely. We, we, wouldn't, sure. we wouldn't want to do it without you at this point. Um, and we got new shows coming up, guys, too. So subscribe to our YouTube page at KCP and Kansas City Podcast Network. Hit us up on all YouTube or uh, podcast platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You literally can't go anywhere without finding us on there. So, guys, hit us up. You'll see all different types of shows, not just sports shows. If, if sports aren't necessarily your thing, it, maybe it is, but it's not your ultimate thing. You might be more passionate about something else in life. Guys, we have shows for you. I'm telling you, man. You, you definitely want to subscribe to what we got going for you, and it's only going to get better from here because as life starts to get a little bit more normal, if you want to call it that, we're going to give you more opportunities to, to enjoy content that we will be providing you on a weekly basis. So in that, in that, Episode 83 is wrapped up. I will not take any more of your guys' time. We've already taken up enough of your Friday night or whatever night you decide to listen to this episode. Regardless, live streamers, YouTubers, podcasters, you guys are the absolute best. Thank you so much for everything, contributing to the Monday Mailbag and just being here with us. I hope that we give you sort of some sort of solace, some sort of peace in this life because we know how crazy it can get out there in this world. So for Gat, for Eddie Ortiz, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo, for Trevor Twidwell, for all of our guests, for everybody that contributes to this, I am Lance Twidwell. 
here inside the KCPN studios letting you know that episode 83 of the Spoken Podcast is done, complete, finito. We out of this bitch. See you guys next week. Later. It is time to hold this L. Each and every week, what we like to do is we like to hand out some friendly or not-so-friendly Ls in the world of sports. Regardless of they're friendly or unfriendly, I promise you, the team or the player that we give it to absolutely deserves it. So, Gat, do you have an L that you'd like to give out or at least a tangent that you'd like to go off of tonight? There are so many things that I kind of want to give an L to in general, um, just because I don't want to stress myself out over this shit. Uh, I'm going to just say I'd like to give an L to cancer. There's a lot of people out there that uh, have been fighting a lot of fights. I know my really good friend Isaac um, over at Uproxx is still going through his stuff, and he just reached out to say congrats, and I'm like, I wish I could say the same. You know, It's like I wish I could say the same for everybody else. So I think cancer is going to get a swift kick in the ass this year. There's a lot of medical advancements going on, so I feel like, I don't know, I have a good feeling about this. So I hope everyone is uh, staying well and taking care of themselves. And so I just want to give a big L to all the fuck shit that's coming at people and hope it all goes away for them. Oh so. yeah, so cancer, do us a favor and hold, hold this L. L. You fucking suck. Trevor, who's holding L for you this week? I'm going to give a W, man. I'm going to bring some positivity to this podcast. Um, he's been in the stars for one night, you guys, and Dude. he is he's just having the time of his yeah. life. Trevor gives the most depressing Ls ever, so for this, it's a <laughs> right? W in itself that he's not giving a depressing L. This is a miracle. Yeah, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't not touch on this. I, I wanted to give some attention to it because it's, it's well-deserved, um, and it's also... To one of the goats, not my goat, but Michael Jordan. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the news. It was, it was, it's a really cool story. He purchased a spot in NASCAR for next year. Um, and uh, obviously, there's not a lot of uh, black ownership in NASCAR. It's not you know, a very diverse sport. Um, but he not only purchased a spot to create a Jordan NASCAR team, he's, he's leading it up with Bubba Wallace. I think he's the sole African-American or yep. person of brother. color he's in NASCAR. Yeah. 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 And, and, I, and I, the, the timing of it to me was what was so special to me because of all the controversy that was going on this past year with NASCAR, with Bubba Wallace, with the news incident, whether it was a news or whether it was, it was, whether someone did it or not intentionally, regardless, um, that story happened. The controversy was there. And I feel like MJ kind of swooped in and kind of like, Picked him, picked up Bubba Wallace, Bubba Wallace, because he's gonna. Because honestly, this could have went two ways. Bubba Wallace could just fell, his career could have fell apart and went to the shadows. But no, MJ didn't allow that. MJ being, you know, a hero, like a heroic act in a way. One of the biggest brands, if not the biggest brand in sports, outside of Adidas, Nike, and maybe Under Armour, Jordan brand is right up there with the top dogs. And to duck, and to dive into NASCAR with the Jordan brand and using his name. And grabbing Bubba Wallace by the hand and walking him in and making him his front runner guy, I just I gained so much more. I've been gaining so much respect for MJ these past few months during the you know what he's done for the community and you know, uh, you know using his voice and his the pedestal that he's on uh, with with being in ownership in ownership with the M- NBA and now being in ownership and, and 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 pushing a new team into NASCAR and delving into the an unknown territory for him. You know, I just thought it was a, such a cool story and him, you know, making Bubba Wallace that guy and honestly maybe helping Bubba Wallace's career moving forward for the rest of his career, a young career who can make still become a very good, 
you know, productive racer. I'm not a NASCAR guy, but I just love the story and the 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 notion yeah. of MJ to go because honestly, NASCAR's below MJ, and he knows that. We all know that he doesn't have to do that. Yeah. But I think he felt the need to kind of come in there and and help a young guy out that went through a, a major controversy and and a, and a, <laughs> a predominantly white. Uh, uh, Sport, so I just that story was so cool. So uh, I'm gonna say hold a dub. I guess we can say hold yeah, a dub. Yeah. Um. So MJ for the 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 the, the kindness and the, and the you delving into the unknown and you know making a, a reach here for this young race car driver and the sole person of color in the and that in the NASCAR uh, realm. Uh, you have to do me a big favor and hold this dub. I, like I love the story, man. It's I had good, a touch on good it. Good optics on MJ's yeah. part for sure, man. Yeah. And, and Look at you two growth. Oh, I know, right? I'm trying to be There's positive. a mystery out there. There's a lie. We love Michael. I love Michael Jordan. LeBron's just <laughs> a better basketball player. That's why I said uh, not my go. It's what. You know, life isn't fair. I think we all can agree to that um, at certain magnitudes. I mean, Gat just talked about something pretty damn severe. I'm going to bring it down to a much lighter uh, version of the unfair parts of life. Um, we, we've seen countless athletes throughout our lives, um, that we've loved or despised, but, but mostly loved. I, 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 even that guys have never played for the chiefs or teams that I love. Um, we've always loved them from afar and some of them are not really that good. It's just because they have charisma and pizzazz and they got a great personality and it's just so hard to like not love these guys. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick is one hundred percent one of those guys. I remember he uh, he came to the league. I think the I think it was either the Rams. I think the Rams drafted him originally. He was out of Harvard. No one expected anything out of him. He was the first quarterback to ever win a game out of Harvard. I think ever uh, in 06. I was yep. a junior in high school. I think at the time, and I never thought anything of it. But here I am now as a thirty two year old man, and this dude's still out here making starts in the NFL in front of a quarterback that I do believe is going to be a star in this league, and he continues to find himself in places like this. And he always takes it in stride. You've never once heard a controversy about Ryan Fitzpatrick in the locker room. You've never once heard him talk about bad about teammates. You've never seen him get kicked off of teams. You've never heard one negative thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick, so much so that it almost pisses me off that he's not better. Like he's not his talent doesn't match his charisma and his 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 his, his swag his his love for the game. So you know what I'm giving an L to tonight? Mother nature, damn it. Because that woman should have given this man more talent. Cuz if he could have gotten more talent, this dude would be one of the greatest players in the history of the NFL. If he can match his talent with his swag. We're talking about Joe Namath if he was actually good at football. I really hope he becomes a coach someday. Oh, man, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, dude. I love oh, this yeah. guy him? so much. I would love to see like him on the Anthony sidelines. Sherman. Yes! Dude, just imagine as a coach. coach like, yes! Imagine if his beard's graded out, his chest here's great, and he's it, wearing like a coated sweatshirt. Imagine if he was a, like a 4,500-yard, 30-touchdown quarterback. Like, yeah. Imagine if he was that guy with this personality. He'd be larger than life. He'd have every endorsement. He'd be loved by all fans. Unfortunately, he's just not great. Like He'll have a four-touchdown game, and then he'll have a five-interception game the next week because he's just not good enough. So as oddly as it sounds, I'm giving it to the one that actually gave life to all of us, but unfortunately she screwed us out of an opportunity to praise a potentially great player, Mother Nature. So Mother Nature, do us a favor and hold this out. I can't believe you just... 
I mean, I'm sorry, but she gives me no choice. I love Mother Nature. She gives me a lot of great things in this life. But Ryan Fitzpatrick could have been so much greater. It just—it's well, I mean, so disappointing. He's probably just getting too much pussy. <laughs> maybe you know what? Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's getting worn out before the game. Pretty sure he's married. But yeah. They say no sex before games or matches. Yeah, Giselle flat out like Tom Brady came out and said that no, Giselle and I do not. I'm like that's so. Uh, cool. I don't want to know this. Uh, no tomatoes and no sex. Uh, yeah. Avocado sex with them. That's yucky. <laughs> well, episode eighty three was a blast. Uh, thanks to all you guys, and um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention it one more time. We are obviously so glad about the great news from Gat. Uh, it, it it means a lot to us yeah. because you mean Thank a lot to us. And uh, yeah, that's I, like I said. I was not worried. I knew everything was going to be okay. But once I heard the news and I saw the post. Obviously, my my heart jumped because I know that's great news for her, and and it's great news for everybody. So, um, and and I don't know if people can still vote for you or not on the. Oh yeah, I'm still up for um, uh, best local personality on the pitch, Kansas City. So we're doing an episode Monday on KCPN yeah. talking about recovery hydration. Actually, so Dr. Leach is on there. Uh, we're at Taps on Main, so that was uh, filmed on my half birthday. So we're gonna get around to that. Uh, we've just been so busy here, so it's kind of nice. Yeah, we've got a lot of great. stuff coming out. So. It's been great. That everybody's been enjoying it, and thank you guys for continuing to let me work behind the scenes and create the magic. Absolutely, we, we, wouldn't, sure. we wouldn't want to do it without you at this point. Um, and we got new shows coming up, guys, too. So subscribe to our YouTube page at KCP and Kansas City Podcast Network. Hit us up on all YouTube or uh, podcast platforms: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You literally can't go anywhere without finding us on there. So, guys, hit us up. You'll see all different types of shows, not just sports shows. If, if sports aren't necessarily your thing, it, maybe it is, but it's not your ultimate thing. You might be more passionate about something else in life. Guys, we have shows for you. I'm telling you, man. You, you definitely want to subscribe to what we got going for you, and it's only going to get better from here because as life starts to get a little bit more normal, if you want to call it that, we're going to give you more opportunities to, to enjoy content that we will be providing you on a weekly basis. So in that, in that, Episode 83 is wrapped up. I will not take any more of your guys' time. We've already taken up enough of your Friday night or whatever night you decide to listen to this episode. It's time to hold this L. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> Le him, the her. I'm talking like caps lock L, 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 Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man. Hold this gigantic <laughs> Veiny, pulsating hell. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant bastard. (laughs) That was great. Hold this hell. It is time to hold this L. Each and every week, what we like to do is we like to hand out some friendly or not so friendly L's in the world of sports. Regardless of they're friendly or unfriendly, I promise you, the team or the player that we give it to absolutely deserves it. So, Gat, do you have an L that you'd like to give out or at least a tangent that you'd like to go off of tonight? There are so many things that I kind of want to give an L to in general um, just because I don't want to stress myself out over this shit. Uh, I'm going to just say I'd like to give an L to cancer. There's a lot of people out there that uh, have been fighting a lot of fights. I know my really good friend Isaac um, over at Uproxx is still going through his stuff, and he just reached out to say congrats, and I'm like, I wish I could say the same. You know, it's like I wish I could say the same for everybody else. So I think cancer is going to get a swift kick in the ass this year. There's a lot of medical advancements going on, so I feel like, I don't know, I have a good feeling about this. So I hope everyone is uh, staying well and taking care of themselves, and so I just want to give a big L to all the fuck shit that's coming at people and hope it all goes away for them. 
comes in. So. Oh, yeah. So, cancer, do us a favor and hold, hold this L. L. You fucking suck. Trevor, who's holding L for you this week? I'm going to give a W, man. I'm going to bring some positivity to this podcast. Um, He's been in the stars for one night, you guys, and dude, he is, he's just having the time of his yeah. life. Trevor right. gives the most depressing L's ever, so for this, it's a <laughs> right? W in itself that he's not giving a depressing L. This is a miracle. Yeah, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't not touch on this. I, I wanted to give some attention to it because it's, it's well-deserved. Um, and it's also to one of the goats, not my goat, but Michael Jordan. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the news. It was, it was, it's a really cool story. He purchased a spot in NASCAR for next year. Um, and uh, obviously, there's not a lot of uh, black ownership in NASCAR. It's not you know, a very diverse sport. Um, but he not only purchased a spot to create a Jordan NASCAR team, He's he's leading it up with Bubba Wallace. The, I think he's the sole African American or yep. he's person of brother. color he's in NASCAR. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and I, and I, the, the timing of it to me was what was so special to me because of all the controversy that was going on this past year with NASCAR, with Bubba Wallace, with the news incident, whether it was a news or whether it was it whether whether someone did it or not intentionally. Regardless, um, that story happened. The controversy was there, and I feel like MJ kind of swooped in. And kind of like picked him, picked up Bubba Wallace, Bubba Wallace, because he's gonna. Because honestly, this could have went two ways. Bubba Wallace could just fell, his career could have fell apart and went to the shadows. But no, MJ didn't allow that. MJ being you know a hero, like a heroic act in a way. One of the biggest brands, if not the biggest brand in sports, outside of Adidas, Nike, and maybe Under Armour, Jordan brand is right up there with the top dogs. And to dive, and to dive into NASCAR with the Jordan brand and using his name. And grabbing Bubba Wallace by the hand and walking him in and making him his front runner guy, I just I gained so much more. I've been gaining so much respect for MJ these past few months during the you know what he's done for the community and you know, uh, you know using his voice and his the pedestal that he's on uh, with with being an ownership in ownership with the M- NBA and now being in ownership and and, and and pushing a new team into NASCAR and delving into that an unknown territory for him. You know, I just thought it was a, such a cool story and him, you know, making Bubba Wallace that guy and honestly maybe helping Bubba Wallace's career moving forward for the rest of his career, a young career who can make still become a very good, you know, productive racer. I'm not a NASCAR guy, but I just loved the story and the the, the notion yeah. of MJ to go. Because honestly, NASCAR's below MJ and he knows that. We all know that. He doesn't have to do that. Yeah. But I think he felt the need to kind of come in there and, and help a young guy out that went through a, a major controversy and a. And a, and a <laughs> a predominantly white uh, uh, sport, so I just that story was so cool. So uh, I'm gonna say hold a dub. I guess we can say hold yeah, a dub. Yeah. Um, so MJ for the 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 the, the kindness and the, and the you delving into the unknown and you know making a, a reach here for this young race car driver and the sole person of color in the and that in the NASCAR uh, realm. Uh, you got to do me a big favor and hold this dub. I, like I love the story, man. It's I had good, a touch on good it. Good optics on MJ's yeah. part for sure, man. Yeah. And, and you two growth. Oh, I know, right? I'm trying to be There's positive. a mystery out there. There's a lie. We love Michael. I love Michael Jordan. LeBron's just a better <laughs> basketball player. That's why I said uh, not my goat. It's whatever. You know, life isn't fair. I think we all can agree to that um, at certain magnitudes. I mean, Gat just talked about something pretty damn severe. I'm going to bring it down to a much lighter uh, version of the unfair parts of life. Uh, we, we've seen countless athletes throughout our lives um, that we've loved or despised, but, but mostly loved. I, 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 even that guys that never played for the Chiefs or teams that I love. 
Um, we've always loved them from afar. And some of them are not really that good. It's just because they have charisma and pizzazz and they got a great personality. And it's just so hard to like not love these guys. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick is 100% one of those guys. <laughs> I remember he uh, he came to the league, I think the I think it was either the Rams. I think the Rams drafted him originally. He was out of Harvard. No one expected anything out of him. He was the first quarterback to ever win a game out of Harvard, I think, ever uh, in 06. I was yep. a junior in high school, I think, at the time. And I never thought anything of it. But here I am now as a 32-year-old man, and this dude's still out here making starts in the NFL in front of a quarterback that I do believe is going to be a star in this league. And he continues to find himself in places like this. And he always takes it in stride. You've never once heard a controversy about Ryan Fitzpatrick in the locker room. You've never once heard him talk about bad about teammates. You've never seen him get kicked off of teams. You've never heard one negative thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick, so much so that it almost pisses me off that he's not better. Like, he's not... His talent doesn't match his charisma and his 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 his, his, his swag, his, his love for the game. So you know what I'm giving an L to tonight? Mother Nature, damn it. Because that woman should have given this man more talent. Because if he could have gotten more talent, this dude would be one of the greatest players in the history of the NFL. If he can match his talent with his swag, we're talking about Joe Namath if he was actually good at football. I really hope he becomes a coach someday. Oh, man, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, dude. I love this guy him so much. I would love to see him like on the sidelines. Yes! Dude, just imagine him as a coach. coach like, yes! Imagine if his beard is graded out, his chest here is graded, and he's it, wearing like a cutting sweatshirt. Imagine if he was a, like a 4,500-yard, 30-touchdown quarterback. Like, yeah. Imagine if he was that guy with this personality. He'd be larger than life. He'd have every endorsement. He'd be loved by all fans. Unfortunately, he's just not great. Like He'll have a four-touchdown game, and then he'll have a five-interception game the next week because he's just not good enough. So as oddly as it sounds, I'm giving it to the one that actually gave life to all of us, but unfortunately she screwed us out of an opportunity to praise a potentially great player, Mother Nature. So Mother Nature, do us a favor and hold this out. I can't believe you just... Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, but she gives me no choice. You, like, I, I love mean, Mother Nature. She gives me a lot of great things in this life. But Ryan Fitzpatrick could have been so much greater. It just—it's well, I mean, so I think disappointing. He's probably just getting too much pussy. <laughs> Maybe you know what? Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's getting worn out before the game. Pretty sure he's married. But yeah. They say no sex before games or matches. Yeah, Giselle flat out like Tom Brady came out and said that. No, Giselle and I do not. I'm like that's so. Uh, cool. I don't want to know this. Uh, no tomatoes and no sex. Uh, <laughs> Avocado sex with them. That's yucky. <laughs> well, episode eighty three was a blast. Uh, thanks to all you guys, and um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention it one more time. We are obviously so glad about the great news from Gat. Uh, it, it it means a lot to us yeah. because you mean Thank a lot to us. And uh, yeah, that's I, like I said, I was not worried. I knew everything was going to be okay. But once I heard the news and I saw the post, obviously my my heart jumped because I know that's great news for her and, and it's great news for everybody so um, and, and I don't know if people can still vote for you or not on the oh yeah I'm still up for um, uh, best local personality on the pitch Kansas City so we're doing an episode Monday on KCPN yeah. talking about recovery hydration actually so Dr. Leach is on there and uh, we're at Taps on Main so that was uh, filmed on my half birthday so we're going to get around to that uh, we've just been so busy here so it's kind of nice yeah, we've got a lot of great. stuff coming out so. it's been great that everybody's been enjoying it, and thank you guys for continuing to 
let me work behind the scenes and create the magic. Absolutely. We, we, wouldn't, sure. we wouldn't want to do it without you at this point. Um, and we got new shows coming up, guys, too. So subscribe to our YouTube page at KCP and Kansas City Podcast Network. Hit us up on all YouTube or uh, podcast platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You literally can't go anywhere without finding us on there. So, guys, hit us up. You'll see all different types of shows, not just sports shows. If, if sports aren't necessarily your thing, it, maybe it is, but it's not your ultimate thing. You might be more passionate about something else in life. Guys, we have shows for you. I'm telling you, man. You, you definitely want to subscribe to what we got going for you, and it's only going to get better from here because as life starts to get a little bit more normal, if you want to call it that, we're going to give you more opportunities to, to enjoy content that we will be providing you on a weekly basis. So in that, in that, Episode 83 is wrapped up. I will not take any more of your guys' time. We've already taken up enough of your Friday night or whatever night you decide to listen to this episode. Regardless, live streamers, YouTubers, podcasters, you guys are the absolute best. Thank you so much for everything, contributing to the Monday Mailbag and just being here with us. I hope that we give you sort of some sort of solace, some sort of peace in this life because we know how crazy it can get out there in this world. So for Gat, for Eddie Ortiz, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo, for Trevor Twidwell, for all of our guests, for everybody that contributes to this, I am Lance Twidwell. Here inside the KCPN studios, letting you know that episode 83 of the Spoken Podcast is done, complete, finito, we out of this bitch. See you guys next week. Later. We all know that the only way to top the perfect cup of Dunkin' Cold Brew is with velvety new sweet cold foam from Dunkin'. But how do you top that? With an exclusive offer for DD Perks members. Get a medium chocolate stout cold brew with sweet cold foam, cold brew with sweet cold foam, or cold brew for $3. It's the perfect deal to top off the perfect top to the perfect cup of Dunkin' Cold Brew. Doesn't that sound great? Not a DD Perks member? Join today via the Dunkin' app. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.